Today's trail show is sponsored by Ultra. Ultra founders Golden Harper and Brian Beckstead endured the pain of traditional trail shoes while running and hiking in Utah's mountains. This experience led them to create Ultra's foot-shaped toe box and zero-drop platform. These unique features help prevent injuries by letting your toes spread out naturally while aligning your body to lessen the impact on your joints. Ultra's first trail shoe, the Lone Peak, quickly became a favorite of thru-hikers and trail runners, thanks to its spacious toe box that remains comfortable even after hundreds of miles. Today, Ultra has six styles of trail shoes to cover all your hiking needs. Get a pair of trail shoes today at www.ultrarunning.com. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yo! Junaid Special 41, Daoud. I don't think you need to tell them what it pop if you got some of them little brandy out in a little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Yeah. Arriba, 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 tota. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. It is The Trail Show. We are live at our Louisville, Colorado telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. In the Bobby Walter studio. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over half a million times in 150 countries across the globe. And in two galaxies. We are heard worldwide on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. Before we set the table for today's big show. It's that kind of a show. We do want to welcome Ultra as today's show sponsor. We've got lots to say about their trail shoes, so stay tuned. Also, we've got a brand new bonus show available for download, and it's on iTunes. I think that's more of a like the correct the the dinga dinga dink. Yeah. I want to just make sure that we highlight the fact that our new bonus show is available. On iTunes. Did you say? Did you say on iTunes? Wow. Special. It's on iTunes. Like iTunes. Yes, on the, the iTunes. The iTunes. Yep. Okay. So, so people can go to iTunes, type in Trail Show Bonus. You'll find Bonus Show Number Seven, and you can download it right now. Now, is it still available on the old website as well? The other one. I appreciate you asking. You can still get it at cdbaby.com for all you CD Baby lovers, but it is also available on iTunes. Slow it. So take your pick, get it at either one of those places. We had a blast recording this bonus show. It's called Designing Your Own Hiking Route. And we had Dirtmonger and Twinkle on as special guests, but we also had Special 41 on as both a co-host and a guest. That's right. It was so weird. You were two people at once. I know, man. It was a little weird that you guys made me sit in two different chairs. While you were speaking? Yeah. And you used two mics? This is really uncomfortable. Speaking of special guests... Ladies and gentlemen, in studio this month, special guest, Amanda Zul Jameson. Zul, thanks for being on the show again. Absolutely. Hello, hello. Nice. Thanks for joining us in your own apartment. Yeah, you know, I mean, whatever I could do to to help you guys out. (laughs) Thanks for allowing us to set up 
all our equipment in your house. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, POD. Yeah. Let's set the table. Okay, well, let me just go to the front page of the newspaper here. What are we serving up this month on The Trail Show? Well, we are going to be talking about the, some trail news, and I, I think it's going to be fast and furious today with the trail news. Ooh. Yeah, you think, I, I've, you got think a, I've got a few items, but we're just going to move right, right through one. You think CNN's got some hot news for you? No. No, we got some hot news for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trail of the Month, the AZT, which is uh, a repeat because the last time we did it, it was back when we uh, still didn't know what we were doing. How, what do you mean? It was back in September right. of We 13. still don't know what we're doing. Oh, was it that recent? Uh, that's oh. almost four years ago. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, and... And oh. you just redid it, so why not talk about it again? And it's changed, yeah, right? It has. We've got an update from Out of Order, and he's nearing the end, so really be savoring those updates, people. And I think when he gets back stateside, we're going to do a win a date with Out of Order I like contest it. Yeah. in all 50 states. He's going to travel around yeah, and do a right. date in each state. Oh, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got trips from the past uh, month. We got some trail tips from both AZT, and we've got a listener sent us a trail tip iTunes top five. We've got a huge mailbag. I mean, it's what I'd call a mail sack. And <laughs> yeah, we've got Ask a Hiker, Ask a She Hiker. I might finally talk about hiking with a dog, but probably not. We've got an inter- interview with the Adventure Scientist people. That's going to be exciting. And we've got a media v- review. We're actually going to interview an author. Ooh. So we can look forward to that. And yeah, we're going to drink some beer. We're doing some day drinking today. It's going to be good. Oh, and we've got some special has done a good job of creating the Trail Show Tent Steak Review brand. Oh, I can't wait to so talk So we're going to get to that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be exciting. But but that's not till the end. So that's people right. Gotta, you got to hold stay out. Tuned. Yeah. Don't Just get too anxious. Your horses, Don't people. click through Come either. On. That's cheating. Yeah, that's yeah. not cool. It makes us feel unloved. That's right. We, we know when you do that. We can I see. Do. We can see it on, on our statistics. All right. <laughs> now it's time for... The late Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. And since Dilo's not, he's not here to tell us about the beer, which is fine because he never knows. He never knows what we're drinking anyway. So, uh, listener uh, Justin Juice sent us some beer. Yep, yep. From Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, this is the Upland. Upland, and we've started with the Campside Sessionable uh, IPA. Yes, we have the campsite. It's uh, is it, isn't it brewed? Brewed, leave no trace. Brewed to leave no trace, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right. Brewed yeah. to leave no trace, which does not mean that you can leave these in a campfire. By the way, no, it's, you cannot. It's four and a half percent ABV. D-Lo, it's fifty IBUs. It's a session ale. It's quite hoppy. It's called Campside Upland Brewing. This is just one of many, many, and that we, juice sent us. You know, and it's it's hoppy, but I I feel like it's got like this great grapefruit component going on that I'm uh, I'm kind of digging. Citrus, yeah, yeah. definitely Good. some citrus. And we also have a Rogue beer, not Rogue brand, but Rogue, as in one that was magically transported to us from New Zealand. From New Zealand. Wow. So we'll talk about that when we get to that. A shout out to. Dennis and Craig Stanton for getting that beer what, all the way across six, the world, eight thousand miles from yeah. <laughs> from New Zealand, yeah, and, and also to those penguins that made the trek. That's right. I mean, like that's a lot of swimming. It is a lot of swimming. with a, with a bottle of beer on your head. Yeah. All right. So we've got trail news. 
And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Special 41, take it away. All right. Coming right out of Dunsmuir, California today, we're going to have the uh, the Horse Trail Falls Aerial Tram uh, has been approved and has some money uh, that's going to go towards a feasibility study to see about putting up a tram. Uh, so, you know, like a big gondola kind of a deal. Okay. Um, where uh, is that? Near the PCT, So, so this right? is Dunsmuir. This is like Castle oh, Crags. Oh, right. So they want to connect the PCT and, uh, what is it, Mount Bradley uh, with, you know, the, the, the freeway corridor down below. Uh, you know, timber money is sort of dropping off. She apparently, the woman who's sort of pushing this is uh, named Cheryl Petty. And she she is basically the person who's like behind this. So uh, however, there are a lot of people that seem to be like I- into the idea. Okay. So it's a gondola that's going to go from one mountain to another mountain. No, go from like down there on the you know you know where like the campground is uh, when you're going up to Castle Crag. Yeah. Yes, we, so we stayed there. And there's yeah. like that whole like I five corridor that you cross yeah. right there right before you go up. To, so it, it would be taking off from like down. Down in that area, right? Okay. Like down below, and it would be like a tram that would go up. And then, and you know, they're talking about like, oh, people would be able to access the high country better and like go up to these lakes and, you know, old people and people with physical disabilities who wouldn't be able to, you know, otherwise go up there and enjoy it would be able to and stuff like that. So most people seem to be into it. Uh, it, it I mean, it would cost a lot of money, but I mean, like, in any case, uh, it's, uh, it would it would connect the PCT, which which would mean that you could mm. y- you could end up you just could like sky blaze yeah, gondolaing. Yeah, I'm sure PCTA is going to weigh in. At yeah, some that point. would be like the uh, f- it, it could be an official alternative, right? Sure. Just Ooh, I see where it's as, as long as laser. as long as you're doing steps in the gondola uh. like while it goes <laughs> oh, up, right, or something on. like that. That can't. But no, I uh, in any case, it's not like it's uh, really. Um, a, a, a done deal or anything. The money has just been assigned to do a feasibility study I see, just I to see. see whether it was something that would like make sense. I suppose like economically, environmentally, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we'll see about that. She actually proposed it like 20 years ago and they're like, yeah, no. Uh, but then, <laughs> uh, you know, since, since Timber and some of the yes. other industries have dropped off, she, uh, she's been met with a, a more receptive t- tone. People seem to be into it. They want okay. the money. All right, so next up, y'all remember old Chaffee? Oh, yeah. Chaffee Chaffetz. Nope. The Hispanic guy Jason from Chaffetz. Utah. Remind me, yeah. he, he proposed a bill that... He's the one that put up 621 and 622, which are the okay. ones that was like... The one he withdrew, and he was like... That was the one that was going to sell off a little piece of uh, of property that was like under national... Park control, I believe, federal control, or federal somehow, control in yeah. some way, and he was going to like get, he, you know, fe- federal lands transfer thing. Uh, so he withdrew that, but he didn't withdraw the other one. Right, it had right. Been like you know to basically remove all of their their enforcement authority for like BLM and Forest Service okay. and stuff. In any case, he has reported he's he has said that he's not going to seek re-election in 2018. Good riddance, d bag. <laughs> and, wow, uh, that is how you really feel, P.O.D. Yeah, exactly. And as <laughs> of uh, last night, I was actually checking in on, on the story, and he has said that he might not finish his term. So I think that we should flood his office with calls. Like the script where you're like, hi, this is so-and-so calling from so-and-so county. Yep. And I would like to encourage uh, Mr. Chaffetz to resign. Yeah, so any I'm of in our, support uh, of his resignation. 
And anybody who's in old Chaffetz's uh, district, feel free. Or even if you're not, I mean, that's fine, too, yeah, I suppose. Like, what's to stop you? Go ahead and call his office um, and, uh, <laughs> and just encourage him to go ahead and step down early. We're fine with that. Uh, you know, it's totally cool, dude. Um, you know, make sure you withdraw like any legislation you put forward yes. first, and uh, and then just like bow out, dude. It's totally cool. Uh, our next business it- or uh, news item, rather, is uh, so NPR um, Oregon did a a little interview with uh, some people who are trying to complete the Oregon Coastal Trail. Okay, so. You know how everybody calls the Pacific Crest Trail the Coast Trail, and it drives us all nuts? Well, there is actually an Oregon Coastal Trail. Uh, However, there's about 50 miles of it that um, are on road. Uh, It's, like, right there on Highway 1. It's, like, you know, they can't really walk down below on the beach because it's it's rocky and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, It's a difficult place to try to, like, build new trail and expensive, obviously, because of that. Uh, But the alternative, if you want to, like, actually walk the whole length is you have to walk... Um, highway one uh, and know. the shoulders are notoriously yeah. thin on highway one yeah so you can you can imagine how ridiculous that is so in any case they're seeking some uh some funding and trying to they're they're basically trying to piggyback it a little bit on the on some like dot stuff as well maybe um oh, that's what, a good it, idea. what it sounds like because you know they're like Hey, you know, wouldn't it be better for motorists if they weren't hitting hikers? Well, and I think oh, just yeah. having a, a pedestrian or and or slash bike path that parallels the road, that would be great. Yeah, I mean it is. So I mean, like biking along the the coastal, you know, highway is is a thing too. So like people go all the way down Highway One and are like you know all the way down the West Coast or whatever. So it it would seem like it would be something that would be you know kind of a win win win. Yeah, for sure. But but, but a bit of a costly win win win. And I think that yeah. they sort of point out on the interview that uh, if they do put money towards that then it's definitely going to have to ne- necessarily pull money from somewhere else because the plan that they have doesn't uh, come with any kind of a funding consideration. Ooh. Ooh, so yeah. That it's all about problem. that all about them dollars. So it was pretty interesting check that out on uh on NPR uh, it's on the it was on the Oregon station. We'll post one of the link. Oregon ones. Yeah. Next, let's talk about bear canisters. <gasps> oh, the things we love to hate. Yes, that's right. They're now required in King Supers. <laughs> you have to. You can't actually leave your house without them because bears are about to take over everything. You actually have to take them to. Sc- you bring your school lunch a- in Montana in a bear can. And actually, we we did get a little bit of audio um, uh, out. Actually, man on the street uh, about the bear canisters. The man or beast that I run God. from ain't been born, and his mama's already dead. I ain't running from nothing. I never have in my whole life, and I ain't gonna start now. And you're not gonna sacrifice my babies for some damn bear. And I raised both hands in the air and I cussed at him. Yeah, get out of here, you Yeah. And he looked at me like, go F yourself. Wow, that was a hell of a man on the street interview uh, special. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's what it takes. Okay. It's what that's hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> and then that was about, about that was about bear canisters, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. In any case, uh, in a related story, um, oh, oh the, wow, the <laughs> the uh, bear cans will, will now be required in Lassen. 
Oh, oh no! Are you kidding? How long are you in Lassen? Yeah, oh, like I, I think it was a day for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it only goes through the PCT goes through there for 19 miles. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right? not too bad. So like, and there's a there's a campground like three miles before or something like that that you can you can camp in or three miles in that has bear boxes or something like that. So there's like possibly going to be a way to to yeah, it's like get right in the middle it. of Lassen that you can just sort of stop. Yeah. So I mean, the campground. But yeah, there's uh, apparently they're going to require if you're going to actually stay in the park, they want you to have yeah. a bear can. Good so. grief. Uh, let's see. In other news, I'm going to hit this in just real quick and then leave it. Uh, the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which is supposed to run along the Appalachian Trail for about 100 miles, um, is being basically poo-pooed on by the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Uh, they're yep. saying that, you know, like they talked with them a little bit at the beginning and like then they basically got ghosted by the uh, pipeline company hmm. who is like not really responding to them or talking to them and didn't give them input during like some of the crucial planning phases of it. And, you know, very foolish. Yeah. ATC a, is a large force. So and well, and the ATC isn't like, you know, anti pipelines like they were trying to work with them on it. There yeah. are a number of pipelines. It's like. You know, fifty something. I forget what the number is. So, but yeah, a, a significant number of pipelines that do cross the uh, the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they feel like these folks really don't have uh, a clue. Yeah, or maybe everybody's best interests in mind, and certainly not the the ATs. So they said, "No, dude, no, no, boy, no." Uh, let's they see. They said wrong. Yeah, exactly. They're like, "No, you fired." No. No. Put it down, D-Lo. Okay. I'm sorry. I just called you D-Lo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm Put it down, Disco. Okay. okay. All right. Wrong. Uh, wrong. <laughs> wrong. Uh, in other news, uh, there's going to be a dude named Tom, and he's going to be hanging out at the PCT's Southern Terminus for about two months. He's down there right now, chilling out. Uh, and he's basically like doing some kind of LNT and preparedness outreach for PCT hikers like at the terminus. So awesome. you just camped out there for like a solid two two months in a in a That's week a or Blake something. It's a bleak campsite. Like yeah, it is, but you know what? Yeah, right. That that's but a good a, location. That is program. a great location. It's, I mean, like, it's a great energetic spot, right? Yeah. Not sure. too much of a hippie, but you get to sit there yeah. and like, hang out with people getting ready to be like, oh my God, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, for like two months. So yeah, Terminus Tom, if, you, uh, if you're going to be by the Southern Terminus in the next couple of months, stop by, say hello. Uh, I'm sure in between hikers, he's got to be pretty bored. Hey, qu- yeah. question for you, and I might be reading ahead here. Do you plan on, since we're talking about the Southern Terminus of the PCT, do you plan on talking about the ADZ PCT KO and the fact that it is no more. Uh, that was actually my next news item. Okay, then yeah, so, please continue. So yeah, the ADS Pacitco, the annual Day Zero Pacific Crest Trail kickoff, which has been going for a number of years now. Uh, I think it's like yeah. 18 years. Yeah. Uh, this is originally started by all those class of 77 dudes and chicas. Yeah. And, uh, and they used to basically go to Lake Moreno and hang out. And I'm sorry, Lake Moreno and hang out and uh, give beer and food and whatever a hard time to uh, new hikers coming yeah, through. And yeah. it kind of uh, grew and grew into a pretty pretty big trail event. I actually became involved with the uh, event and uh, ended up on the board of directors. Ooh. Uh, and last year, uh, there was not a annual. Uh, so we there was a skipping of the years. 
And uh, basically, this year there's going to be what there was last year, which is some of the organizers are going and they're just going to, you know, hang out and sort of go back to the original thing of just give them a little bit of, you know, mm. hand hand them a drink and maybe some food and talk to them as they as they cruise by rather okay. than sort of the big event. Uh, and that's going to be sort of the the swan song this year. And then the ads Sitco will wrap it up, and we're gonna we're gonna bow out. Um, there's been sort of a lot of the as Pacitco is not exactly uncontroversial. Uh, there's certainly in the trail community, those who have the opinion that it, it is responsible for, for grouping together and, you know, increasing impact on the, the Southern portions of the PCT by making all of the hikers start, you know, around the kickoff. And with the new quota system, there's, you know, the 50 person per per day limit um, uh, from starting at the border. Um, And that's been, if you look at the numbers of permits issued over the last several years, it's just continued to get more and more and more popular. People talk about the wild effect. Uh, In any case, the... Damn you, Cheryl Strayed. Well, I mean, you know, I'm like... It's all her fault special. uh, There are those with that opinion, and maybe they've got some point, but I feel like the PCT's rad, and it was always going to get more popular. Well, and the other thing is that, guess what? It's public land. Yeah. Everyone has the yep. right to be there. Yeah, yeah. And instead of like instead of <laughs> poo-pooing on people for wanting to get out there or why they learned about the PCT, I feel like let's just welcome them to the community yes. and like give them a good idea of how to be like not a douche, right? And I mean, no like, harm can come from more people yeah. having good experiences and caring about the outdoors. Exactly. And wanting to protect it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, and none of them are gonna show up at the beginning like knowing everything and knowing how to be leave no trace and knowing how to like be responsible users of, of the resource. Exactly. And like, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in the community, consider yourself part of the trail community. Like feel like your job is to welcome those people yep. and show them the right way to do it. You know, they're uh, going to be tremendous oh, users, no. big users, huge, huge. So in any case, yeah, in, uh, in light of that, also, you know, the, the ads Pacitco, uh, is all volunteer. There's sort of a core group of, of people that have been doing it. Part of the reason that like people like me were brought in was to sort of bring some newer blood to it and whatnot. But clear out the riffraff. Well, I mean, you know, they're getting a little older. They don't uh, have all the time and energy, and feel like necessarily doing it. And it takes a lot of work to put on the event. So it's uh, and and ultimately we sort of had this internal back and forth about you know what is the role like if if our if our goal our mission is to serve the current year through hiker by like some encouragement and education and stuff like that is how are we doing as far as meeting that goal? And, you know, sure. Ultimately we just decided that it was perhaps time to, to go ahead and, and call it. Um, so for better or worse, it's uh, I think we had a great run. Uh, I think anybody who yeah. ever attended the, the kickoffs uh, definitely will tell you it's, it was a great event. It was, it was a lot of fun. It definitely did grow to be an almost unmanageable bursting at the seams. I mean, like the oh, park yeah. was park was letting us sort of like, they were turning the other way as we were putting a few more people in the sites here and there, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, with the turnover at the park as well, it's like all new crew and such. So it's not necessarily, we don't really have that same relationship with the people that are, that are now yeah. in charge and their new rules that are being enforced. So in any case, yeah. And yeah. I, I can tell you, I attended my first ads at Pacitco in 2004 and my last one in 2015 and the difference between the amount of people in 04 and 15 oh, yeah. is a magnitude of many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was a 
between those 11 years, it became a completely different looking event. Yeah. Oh, sure. Cray, well, I mean, cray. in 2015, no I mean, we had and the lake the, went the away. split it into two events and stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the lake's back, baby. Is oh, it? Oh, is it back? Yeah, oh, it's okay. Like, it's, it, it's, That's good. Uh, I don't know exactly what the level's at, but it's, yeah, it's come up quite a bit, which is good, good news. Just get swimming over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just great. Just great. Yeah. Get the itchies um, afterwards. So let's see. I don't really have a whole lot else for trail news. Uh, okay. There's this dude who's like 81 years old going for the oldest uh, Appalachian Trail record. OKT? Yeah. The he won't old, make it. The oldest known time. Uh, Dale Sanders. He's 81. He's supposed to turn 82 on the trail out there. He'll quit. Uh, he's, he's done some other cool. how dare you? <laughs> he's done some other cool Come stuff. On. He seems like he's he's got a good attitude and stuff. I mean, he might he might make it. He's he's trucking along. I'm just he's, kidding. He's Come too on. Ambitious. Everybody but, said that about me when they first met me too. But yeah, he's uh he, he's gonna he's gonna go for the oldest known time. Cool. Go Dale, go. You get it, dude. All right. All right. No, special photo one. He just ran out the door. Jump oh, no. I've got some breaking news, actually. Wait, what? turn just rushed in. This is crazy. I've never actually had that happen before. I didn't even know we had a news intern. Breaking news. Yeah. Special 41. Uh, let's see here. Uh, as reported uh, in an email to the trail show, the trail show has sold out. What? what? That's right. This we have news sold to me. Out. I didn't know this either. I didn't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Justin says... Uh, your last show sucked. I heard the word Sam Adams immediately turned off the cast and have decided you all sold out. I'll give the beginning of, the, of your next show a listen, but if you guys have sold out like it seems you have, I am never listening again. Enjoy the <laughs> corporate beer monies. Why don't you have the founder of Sam Adams on? I hear he's an outdoors guy. Bah ha 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 ha. Lulls. Dot, dot, dot. Not. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't selling out imply that like we now have... Lots of money in our pockets. Yeah, dude. Are you holding out on me? Man. And, and me? I, I would love to oh. actually be able to, to say, yeah, the trail show sold out because we were offered you know, $500,000 as a, as a buyout to give our name and rights over to some other ESPN Ocho, for, for instance. Oh, the for Ocho. Example. Yeah, it's, but, I mean, it's big money. I mean, I'm a little disappointed. Like, I, you know, I was hoping one day that we could be called sellouts, but we were given 24 okay. bottles of beer from Sam Adams and no money. And I think the retail value of those 24 bottles is around, I think it's bucks. around $30. And so yeah. I, that's I, not even a I'm show just, sponsorship. Yeah. It, it makes yeah. me sad to think that's that what we sold out to. I, I could be called a sellout for accepting $30 worth of, to alcohol. Be, to be clear, we're willing to sell out, yeah, but sure. we feel like we're better than $30. I mean, surely those, we're better than know? $30. We have a, we have a low bar, now. but $30. Yeah. Uh, I mean, make low. it 45 and we'll, you know, we'll, yeah. we can have the discussion. Or 60 because that's easily divisible yeah. four ways. But here's what I'm kind of curious about, and maybe Justin can write us back. So apparently we're not allowed to drink beer from certain companies, otherwise we'll be sellouts. So which companies... Can we drink beer from, and which companies can we not drink beer from? You know what? I actually I'm going to pose this as a challenge, not to Justin, but okay. to, the, to the listeners at large. Okay. You know, um, we need a comprehensive Excel know, spreadsheet of all the companies we are allowed to drink beer yeah, from. Yeah, I think or, so. Or if you just want to call them directly and make sure that they send us. That's beer, right. Uh, then that would be. I mean, that that way at least we've like removed ourselves from the decision, right? I mean, it's like, true. They'll just show know, us up on yeah, our doorstep. Yeah, we got to drink hey, it. It's beer. Uh, yeah. I guess we drank it. 
Which, I, I mean, it really is what happened with Sam Adams, right? I mean, we didn't reach out to them. They no, were, they, they contacted like, us. They were like, yeah. hey, uh, we hear you guys talk about beer. Do you here, want some free here's beer? Some beer. Yeah. I and thought it was pretty nice that they offered it. I mean, because that's like, that's big company or whatever. Like, you know, they. And we're small potatoes. Yeah. Are we, though? Maybe not. We? Well, and it, we? and it was good. Uh, you know, it was, it it was, was really was good. Like Precious Hellas was good. And the hopscape was excellent, yeah, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess I think that I this Justin K. I think this is actually Buck Thirty. Oh, you oh, think you it's think so? you think yeah. it's a because uh, he's a pretty angry guy and how dare you? Well, but did Buck Thirty and he doesn't know anything. Write us another letter. Yeah, but he could he could write two. I mean, he's do you got think do you think he's really writing two letters? No, that's two. Well, no, I don't know. you never know. He's, he's know. you know he's between hikes right now. He's got nothing to do. It could be wow. He's just wow. flying under the radar. Yeah. We'll get to buck 30 a little bit later yeah, in the show, yep. right, P.O.D.? Oh, just you wait, my oh. friend. Oh, oh, no. You're about to get onions. I didn't know we were foreshadowing. <laughs> All right, that was breaking news. All right, and now you can go jump off the balcony special. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to do an interview with Greg Trinish of The Adventure Scientist and talk to him about their nonprofit, how it got started, and all the work that they're doing. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Greg, this is Disco P.O.D., Special 41 and Zool from The Trail Show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm glad we were able to connect. Yeah, finally. Sorry for the challenge getting a hold of me there. That's, it's always a challenge uh, yes, with us. Skype is always a thing. It, yep. it, it, nobody uses it except for when you want to have a headache. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That seems right, yet somehow we keep coming back to it time and time again. <laughs> and we should just tell our listeners real quick that Greg is the founder and executive director of Adventure Scientists, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. You guys are based out of Bozeman, correct? Yeah, that's right. We're up here in Bozeman, where uh, it's 75 degrees yesterday and snowing today. Oh, that's about our <laughs> weather, too. We're just yeah. uh, one day off. April in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> it seems to be that way all the time. So, Greg, could you give us kind of like a basic synopsis of what Adventure Scientist is doing kind of in the conservation, you know, lens, just to give our listeners an idea of what you guys are all about? Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, as you mentioned, are a nonprofit organization, and what we do is recruit, train, and manage volunteers from the outdoor community uh, who are stoked to go out and collect scientific data all around the world, uh, and we use that data or we've collected that data for partners uh, who are requesting it, everyone from Harvard Medical School to the Forest Service, uh, who are requesting it to unlock solutions to environmental issues. Excellent. Yeah. And so this is, uh, you, you founded this organization in 2011, correct? And what was sort of like the, the impetus for that? Yeah, it did. Uh, I started in 2011 after years of exploration, and I had been out as a National Geographic explorer uh, and uh, just really loved being outside, uh, but first really felt it on the Appalachian Trail in 2004, where I just felt like I really wanted to be doing more with my time than just being out there for exploration's sake and wanted to make a difference with my time. So, I'd been working in the sciences for quite a while, uh, tracking lynx and wolverines and grizzly bears up in Montana. Uh, I worked with owls out in California. I worked with some sturgeon up on the Fort Peck Reservoir and uh, the Missouri River. And uh, I realized that I could make a difference, and I was having a positive impact on those species 
through working as a biological technician and then realized that I could teach others to do what I was doing, that you don't have to have a advanced degree or you don't have to be uh, you know, super scientifically inclined to go out and make a difference. And uh, so after, after you formed the organization, what was the, like the first project that really uh, sort of, you know, where you realized, man, this is going to work. People are actually going to do this. Yeah, it's a great question. So early on, uh, I think it was in February that I really got started. And that when I say get started, I mean, I was literally sitting on my couch just building websites. And then uh, in May of that year, uh, well, I had met the Benegas brothers, uh, or at least Willie Benegas at the OR show, the outdoor retailer show in Salt Lake that January, right about the time I was starting the organization and had talked a little bit about the idea with him. And he told me all about these plants that live up at Kate at camp two on Mount Everest. And so we, uh, we asked him to go out. I partnered him with a researcher, two researchers actually, uh, from one from Montana state university, Tim McDermott and one named Rusty Rodriguez, who was at USGS at the time, and he brought back the highest known plant life on Earth up at 23,000 feet or 22.5 or something. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. And so that was right away, you know, a huge win for us. It got us some attention and press, and uh, yeah, we really uh, were able to provide a huge value for those scientists. And uh, that data is really cool, actually. What they discovered is that it's a fungus that lives symbiotically with huh. uh, those moss that were up there. And what's so cool about it is those same fungus have been found in extremophiles or in plants that are growing in extreme temperatures in Yellowstone. Um, so not really extremophiles, but more extreme plants. Um, and they're also in desert environments with drought-rich plants. They're in uh, frozen environments with plants that are able to tolerate really cold temperatures. That's pretty uh, interesting. So, yeah, there's also, I mean, yeah. I know there's similar uh, relationships with like uh, some of the, the pine trees and things that grow right on, on rock in Utah and things like that. They wouldn't be able to do it without those, those uh, yeah. fungal, fungal companions, so... So, totally. So, and like a big thing I made the news recently is that there's fungal components to lichen colonies and lichen communities as well. So I think we're just learning about all kinds of things. And there are applications to be able to grow agricultural material in drought environments or frost environments or any kind of extreme temperatures. And, and that's not the only discovery that, uh, that, that uh, adventure scientists um, has been a part of, right? Y'all uh, have... Uh, been part of discovering a couple of new species of diatom as well. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit about that? We've discovered more than two dozen new species of diatoms, which are single-celled algae that have silica walls. They're like glass walls. So that brown stuff when you're on the river, that's super slippery on the rocks and the logs. Yeah, those are all those are all diatoms. Um, diatoms are in most water bodies on the planet, whether it's a small puddle and it's had a few days to form diatoms, or it's you know a lake. Um, and, uh, those diatoms are really cool because you can use them as indicators for the pollutants that are in different waterways. So different diatoms will grow based on different environmental conditions. Uh, so discovering new species opens up whatever those indicators are, what those species are indicators for. Um, but yeah, we've discovered new species of diatoms. We've, uh, can, we've discovered new species of bacteria, uh, for a project we ran with Harvard Medical School, we've had... What, is uh, that those giant bacteria? They're not giant bacteria, no, but they are uh, 
really key to understanding the uh, origins of antibiotic resistance. Mm. So with each of these projects that we take on, we're really focused where we can have an impact for some broader issue. So we have to have an environmental issue where data uh, or unlocking access to data will unlock solutions where the data collection itself can really yield and lead to cool outcomes that are going to change the world in some way, big or small, and where there's a clear need for the outdoor adventure community. And so on that antibiotic resistance focus project, that was a partnership with Harvard Medical School, where we collected scat samples all around the world. So everything from, uh, you know, uh, birds in Afghanistan that we got samples from to, you know, fish in Patagonia. And uh, they looked for the Enterococcus genus of bacteria in those scats uh, and were able to find a bunch of new species in there, too. Hey, Greg, this is Disco. I just you, you briefly brushed over the fact that you had hiked the AT in 2004. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, coming from the distance hiking community, I know there's a lot of our listeners that would be interested to hear about. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you all were able to utilize Pacific Crest Trail through hikers uh, as part of a PICA project. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's that's totally true. So we uh, we are uh, PICA are one of the better citizen science projects or groups for volunteers to get involved with because they're really easy to identify. You can hear them, and they're pretty limited to scree fields. So right. we did. We had a project where uh, Pacific Crest through hikers uh, were uh, doing location surveys basically so just telling us where they found them along the way and you know one or two people doing that wasn't super interesting but by the time we got you know 30 40 50 people who had started to repeat some of the sightings and really helped us gain a a pretty cool understanding of what was up there and that was a partnership with the craighead institute here in bozeman as well and and Uh, you also i'm sorry go ahead no we've also had you know long distance through hikers work for uh, the Pacific Biodiversity Institute down in South America. There's been a few folks that have tried to repeat my route down in South America. So uh, actually, uh, I did want to talk about that for just a second. <laughs> yeah. So cool. can you actually talk about that that route for our listeners just a little bit? Y explícale en español, por favor. Si me quieres, yo puedo, pero la cosa es que no practica mucho. Ah, qué bien. Pues uh, ahora es el momento. Don't worry, for our English-speaking uh, listeners, we will not translate that. You can look it up on your own. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, talk to us about that route. And yeah, so uh, in 2000, uh, what was it, 2006, uh, June 30th, 2006, a friend and I went to the equator, and uh, we started walking south from Quito, just outside of Quito, Ecuador, a tiny town called Papiyacta. And uh, we chose that town because the the first section of our trek was at least one that was written about. I think about 5% of our route was written about uh, on that trip. And we walked uh, for two years, 7,800 miles south. Oh, my gosh. So would you be interested in coming back on the trail show at a future date to be our trail of the month? Yeah, we'd love to dig into that hike. And I know it was a, a while back, but good grief, two years? That's incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. If uh, if you want, I'm happy to do that. The only thing is, is trail is a very, 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 very loose, loose. term. Uh, well, we, can, right. we can call it route. We, yeah, we, we, we do. The we trail do. show goes way back That's right. with the trail route discussion. Routes so. versus trails. Yeah, yes. we, we, we're cool with that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd love totally to come fine. and talk to you cool. guys about it. 
Um, yeah, you can check it out at acrosstheandes.com. Uh, I think that site is still live, and you can see where exactly we went. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a it's pretty a few cool. Other since then. Okay. Yeah, we'll post a link to the website. So for for the listeners, this is that's actually how I first found out about Greg was uh, I several years ago was you know had found out about the Inca trail system. Uh, the Kapaknan. So there's sort of a uh, some of them that went down the spine of the Andes, some that went down the coast, and some connectors. And while sort of doing some reading about that, I came across Greg's trip and was like, "Whoa!" So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty cool to to see. So that was actually that earned both of you the uh, the National Geographic Adventures of the Year, correct? Yeah, it did. We were the first to do it. You know, there had been a few others that had done similar expeditions on roads, and you know, like Kyle Bushby, obviously, is the gnarliest guy ever. And uh, you know, he walked the whole length of the Americas. And uh, there's a guy named George Megan uh, that walked uh, the Americas as well. But both of them did it on roads. Uh, Ian, um, oh, I'm forgetting Ian's name at the moment. That'll that'll pop in my head in a minute. Sorry if you're listening to this, Ian. But uh, Ian hiked the. Uh, on roads uh basically right before we went down there he had walked from the southern tip of south america to panama uh and is a pretty amazing guy as well uh so yeah but other than that nobody had really done what we did which was to do it off-road uh and uh to do it uh without relying on uh a route that existed Wow, that's, that's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah we'll. Yeah. I can tell that there's a lot there that yes. we could dig into. We should we'll get too sidetracked. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to touch on that just for a second because yeah. it is pretty amazing and definitely, uh, you know, for for some of our listeners, as far as trail credit goes, I I, I mean, uh, if we have a mic around here, we can drop. I think we can go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but sort of turning yeah. back to adventure science uh, or adventure scientists. Um, you know, I do know that you have some upcoming projects that are going to be perhaps of interest to our hikers. Uh, do you want to maybe fill us in on the uh, the pollinators project? And and feel free to give some exclusive new information. I know, I know, it's still pending. So, yeah, we're working uh, with a partner at the University of Arizona uh, to be able to supplement uh, what I'm told is about. 98% of all data points that exist for pollinators in the U.S. are really within a within about two miles of a trailhead. Pollinators being like bees and butterflies, if folks don't know. And uh, we're going to be supplementing those data uh, with backcountry sites. So we'll have uh, 40 sites that are launched uh, this summer, late this summer. And folks will be able to sign up for those on our website. Uh, we're looking for people who can hike long distances and camp out. Ooh. Uh, what you'll do while up there is really collect, uh, you'll collect butterflies and photograph them and then their food species as well and do species, uh, species assessments of what they're eating. Uh, and anybody can do this. You know, you don't have to be a scientist to get involved. We, we work with people and teach them exactly what we need them to do. So even if you don't have any scientific training, we'd love to have you as long as you have the outdoor ability and the ability sure. to survive and thrive in the outdoors. So people can get info and sign up at adventurescience.org? Yeah, it's adventurescientists.org. Okay. Plural. Now, yeah. is it a competitive process? Yeah, we do screen volunteers. Uh, we do have limited positions available for that pollinators project, and we have uh, other ones that will be launching throughout the year as well. We're going to do some oil and gas 
uh, orphan and idle well surveys with the Forest Service out in Ohio and Kentucky. Uh, we've got uh, some other projects that you should stay tuned for. I'm not quite ready to announce what? any of the other. Announce! Oh, come announce! On. Come, come on. on! Nobody <laughs> listens to this show. You can do- totally That's tell right. us. That's right. Just my mom. <laughs> Uh, other cool stuff for sure. I, I, I'll tell you that there'll be a, a project focused on uh, timber harvest that we're, we'll launch out Ooh. on the West Coast. Okay. Uh, so again, uh, we'll be looking to long distance hikers uh, that are on the PCT for that. We'll be looking to folks up in uh, the Inside Passage who are boating long distances uh, that are interested in those projects as well. Uh, and that'll be a, a project focused uh, on timber species, and it'll be a partnership with the World Resources Institute, uh, the University in New Mexico, and a group called DNA for Technologies uh, that are two geneticists we work with uh, as well. Now, if you do have a, say, math and science background, and maybe you happen to be a bit of an egghead in high school and college, will you get some? Uh, you get to go to the top of the pile there. Um, you know, science literacy is, is, again, it's just not our key trait. Uh, when we do have a few more uh, challenging... Um, decisions? Yeah, challenging decisions or challenging projects, maybe that would oh, okay. help I see. you. I but see. Uh, uh, it's not necessary uh, by any means to get involved with us. No, I was just looking for brownie points. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so cool. Uh, there's actually a couple of other cool projects that I'd just like to touch on real briefly. Um, y'all did the, and it's I guess more more of an ongoing but shifting phases project, the microplastics. Yeah, uh, that's right. We've uh, we've sent people all around the world, uh, hikers, boaters, both in freshwater and in uh, and in marine water. We've sent folks all around the world to collect what we believe is the largest data set on Earth for tiny pieces of plastic called microplastics. And so this is stuff that is coming from, you know, the breakdown of larger plastics. Uh, we know that it comes from synthetic clothing. If you're washing synthetic clothing, uh, you know, Patagonia has been a really amazing leader and and helping to solve this issue and, and investing a lot of money and resources into finding solutions for this issue. And uh, they do support some of our work as well. Uh, but we've part- partnered with them, uh, with Cliff Bar, with uh, Crokies, uh, with um, uh, Sunski sunglasses, uh, and a bunch of others on, on really trying to find solutions for this issue and reduce our our impact of plastics getting in waterways. But yeah, it's, it's been pretty shocking what we found. Um, I don't have the up-to-date numbers in front of me, but upwards of 90% of the samples we've collected have had plastics in them. Uh, oh and that's God. going out anywhere on Earth and collecting a one-liter sample of water. And so uh, when you well, say anywhere on Earth, too, uh, I encourage the listeners to check out um, Adventure Scientist's site, first of all, uh, and sign up and see what projects you might be able to get involved with. Uh, but also they've they've got you know you can check out the projects that they've done as well uh, and with the microplastics they've got a, a a map that you can check out all of the different places that they've done sampling um, and and see like what they've pulled out how many pieces of trash they've pulled out and it's it's pretty shocking and then when you kind of look at that and realize that that's just the places that people were able to go ahead and sample and you see all of the big portions of the ocean where there wasn't anybody sampling. Um, y- you can kind of imagine that you know it's a pretty global phenomenon. 
it's been really, really <laughs> shocking for me to learn about, for sure. Well, uh, I think Ian Reeves is the Ian I, I forgot the last name of before. So, Ian Reeves. Right on. There, there's your shout-out, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any any cool other things that you want to tell us about? Do we have any other questions that we want yeah, to Yeah, or anything that you want to get out about Adventure Scientists that we haven't asked you yet, or you just want to get out there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, again, it, it comes back to this this choice that we have as the outdoor adventure community. And it's, you know, we're so lucky to play in the places we do. And, and if you've been out there and been out for a little while, I think it's pretty clear soon to all of us that there's a desire to make a difference. And if you've ever had that desire, if you've ever felt like you wanted to do more with your time outside... Uh, we'll make it easy for you to make a real difference. And it's our job to vet these projects and make sure that they're really going to get at impact and get at outcomes uh, as as directly as possible. And that's our commitment to you that we'll work hard to make sure that we'll make your time worthwhile uh, while you're out there. So visit us at adventurescientist.org and uh, sign up for a project. We'd love to have you. And uh, if you don't get into the first project because of limited space just keep trying and and i promise that there'll be one eventually for you wow incredible greg thanks so much for talking with us here at the trail show today and educating our audience on what you guys are doing you've got me fired up i think i'm I'm ready to go over and sign up for something i know what i'm doing the rest of july yeah Yeah. no kidding (laughs) and and you know i i'd encourage our our listeners to check it out and if you do uh go out and do any work for them Drop us a line and tell us about yeah. your experience. Let us know how it was for you. Uh, it definitely sounds... I mean, I've read some of the testimonials on the site and stuff, and, and people seem to love it. So uh, it's it's pretty neat. And again, yeah, I encourage everybody to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also one of the coolest things that, that has come back for me is that when people do go out and have these experiences, not only do they become more involved in the issues, they tell us that they're more likely to pursue careers in conservation as a result. But they also tell us that their mission changes. It's no longer just about hiking the length of a trail or getting to a summit. It's about, can I get more samples? It's about, can I make a difference? I think that's rad, and I think we have an amazing opportunity as the outdoor adventure community, uh, if not a responsibility, to protect these places we love to play. And I'm proud to give folks an opportunity to do that. Well, we certainly we thank you for what you do, and we uh, we look forward to uh, to maybe having you on in the future to tell us about future projects and and, and, the, hype. and the hype. We'd love to yeah. feature you as Trail of the Month. Anytime, uh, yeah. just hit me up. Sounds good. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for talking with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, Greg. Talk to you soon. Bye. Peace. Bye. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Trinish. Founder and executive director of Adventure Scientists. Man, what a cool organization! Yeah, they're really doing is. That was really neat rude. work. Yeah, inspiring. Because yeah. you know, it's it's real easy to sort of uh, look at all of this, like even the microplastics. Yeah, that sounds depressing. But on the other hand, like we we now have data, right? And like with data, you can actually start to hopefully influence policy. Um, you can get manufacturers. He was talking about Patagonia, you know, stepping and up. And I, stuff, I actually so. just want to mention, I'm glad that he brought up Patagonia. I've been a fan of Patagonia for a long, long time. I've caught a little bit of flack from some folks. You know, people like to call it Patagucci because they're like, why is it so expensive? And there are certain companies that, like Patagonia, that they're expensive, not because Yvonne Chenard, the CEO, is making tons of money. But because they spend so much money in R&D for um, environmental 
responsibility and you know? ethical responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Too. So I, I just I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think they get a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, I'm for with the you on price that. of their clothing, and it is expensive. But guess what? That's how much clothing costs if it's ethically and environmentally produced. Yeah, and the company is responsible for it when it's when you're done with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean they'll take they'll take your take it back and recycle it and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. They, they make new products out of it. Not, not to mention, I mean, it is durable. And, and yeah. by the way, uh, we're not getting paid by Patagonia no. to say this. I'm um, not. I no, wish I were. But, <laughs> I, but, but like straight up, I do have like one of my favorite pieces of gear, and I, I, I can't throw it away, but it's, I can't really wear it anymore, uh, or recycle it, I should say. Uh, but it's it lasted like ten years and and two yeah. through hikes, you know. So I mean, like it's, yeah. Anyway, it's, that it's was good. a tangent. I just yeah. anyway. Uh, so adventurescientist.org. Check them out. Sign up. Tell us all about it. We'll post a link. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we've got Trail of the Month. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Tomato, and I never listen to the Trail Show. Thanks, Tomato. What a downer. I know. Appreciate All those it. accountants, Appreciate man. It. Trail Show is back. What a cool interview that was. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm still thinking about our little discussion there with Greg. Um, before we get into Trail of the Month, we need to talk to Special and Zool about their upcoming sabbatical. And this is going to be a shock for many trail show I listeners. Know. The, it, it, it will be at that. It was a shock for us. Let for me tell sure. you. <laughs> All right, so... So when are you due? No. Oh, oh, no, it's not another one of those. Oh, oh yeah, we've already oh, been down yeah, that road. It's a marriage that, thing. Yeah, you know, it's not that kind of big not. news, people. <laughs> let's just, There's let's no not, wedding though. bells, no baby... <laughs> Baby Whatever. bells, baby, baby bumps, baby, baby shoes. Uh, I don't yeah. even know what you do with the babies. <laughs> we, yeah, clearly, clearly. Not shake them. Uh, uh, right. No, we've got a new gig. A new uh, gig. Yeah, it's a collective gig. We both get the gig. So yeah, it, does it both. involve your tent stake reviews? Um, basically, we're going to be full-time tent stake reviewers. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be Incredible. traveling the world. Uh, so there, there's actually not a baby. There's not a, a wedding. There's not a tent stake review. What are you guys actually leaving to do? We're going to be teaching Leave No Trace. We have been selected as the uh, Subaru Leave No Trace traveling trainers. We're going to be Team East Central. It's going to be the two of you in a Subaru driving all over the East Central United States, which is what, what states are we talking? So like it's in between, uh, in the East, uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. Alabama. Um, and then in the West, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas and Louisiana. Wow! So Minnesota all the way to Alabama. Yeah, this so is we're, a, yep. we're like the the Great Lakes to the Gulf. Pretty Holy much. Holy cow! Yeah. So there's there's four teams that that leave no trace. So the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics, which is actually uh, headquartered here in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Um, they've been around for you know years and years, but they've been doing this program for I want to say like the last eleven, ten years, or eleven, 10 yeah, eleven years, uh, where Subaru. Um, gives them four vehicles to have uh, four teams go around, so the West Coast, East Coast, and then two Central teams, uh, and teach Leave No Trace um, principles and practices to all sorts of different groups and organizations uh, and at different you know, 
cool locations or areas that are being heavily impacted that really kind of need the message the most. Uh, so we're gonna be we're gonna be those people. You know, it's crazy. I follow their uh, Instagram feed, and I've seen their their teams like mm-hmm. post photos. And pretty soon, I'm going to be looking at you two posting photos, probably on that same feed. That's yep. right. Yeah, photos and videos. Yeah. Wow, it's so cool. That's so so cool. as much as you can, like, how did you get wind of this, and what was the application process? Um, so we actually got wind of this um, through another through hiker. Okay. Um, they were like, "Hey, like, I think it was." I don't remember who it was, but it I was. Say it was Annie Mac. It was probably Annie Mac. Hey, Annie Mac. Um, Hi, Annie. <laughs> She posted about this job back in 2014, like the winter, winter 2014, beginning of 2015. And so we applied then and made it so close, so close, but no cigar in the, um, in 20, for the 2015 season. Okay. Um, and so we took a year off. We, I ran around and hiked a bunch and taught some outdoor education and, Special yeah, his guiding. guiding yeah. yeah. Um, and we're successful the second time around. So you applied again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was actually a three-part interview. They had to Jeez. do like one interview with, uh, with one person, sort of like the gatekeeping interview or whatever. And then, uh, uh, but yeah, we had a couple different interviews and then we actually went in. Those were like, you know, online Skype type interviews. Yeah. Um, and then we actually went in for our third one. Went in on a Monday it was and had our interview. Uh, and, and if you found out pretty quick, it sounds like we did. We didn't really expect to either. We kind of thought that you know it would be like a week before we heard from them. I think they told us it was a Monday. I think they told us on Friday we would you know we'll, we'll know by Friday or something. And so we were like, all right, well let's, let's okay let's freak out for a week, you know. And they actually uh, contacted us like later that day and blew wow. our minds. Oh like, wow, wow, wow! Yeah. So and this we, is a twelve month deal, right? It is. They do give us um, some time off. So, like, we have some time off in December and also, like, a week, like, two weeks at different times in the uh, throughout the year. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we do have some breaks, but for the most part, we, we will be living in a brand new Subaru uh, 2017. A fan- new Subaru. Fancy pants model. It's going to be, out. yeah, like, wow. super pinky wow. out. That's, you actually have to, like, the gliving... The driving gloves like have a little rigid pinky <laughs> out kind of a deal. On them. So, I heard you guys also get travel mugs. Totally, we totally get so travel excited. Mugs. Wow, yeah, I'm no not trace. sure. Clean what, canteen, yeah, but it, travel ah. mugs are pretty cool. We we actually have already gotten like a few cool things. They gave us like some cool stickers and some shirts and stuff to oh, to man. sport around and some hats. Uh, and oh, I've got this cool uh, cup, like the little little stainless steel clean canteen cup yeah, pint glass yeah pint glass it's cool well we're gonna have to promote the heck out of you guys uh, um from the show standpoint and and maybe yeah. we can like post your your tour dates of where you're gonna be when once that info oh, is yeah, out there oh yeah stalker the hell out of it man yeah, yeah. man yeah. Um, and, now, and w- no we would love people to the, if if listeners are in the, in the area like come on out to some of our events come say hello yeah, uh, yeah for sure we, we are actually gonna do some updates from the field um, yeah, let's talk about that real quick because yeah. what, what does this mean for the trail show special? So this means so it's, so it's going to be a sabbatical. It's going to be a yeah. year long sabbatical from the from the show. Uh, but I'm going to sort of go out of order style. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do some like field correspondent stuff. 
some audio. And there's some pretty amazing breweries, I hear, in some of hey the now. areas that we're going to be traveling. So you could be a remote beer sponsor by sponsoring Special and Zool at a local brewery in the area that they're going to be at. <laughs> or, or, you know, keep up with our travels and let us know if there's breweries that we yeah. need to be yeah. checking out, you know. And, um, it, and it and, sounds and like... And also, we'd love, to, we'd love to hear your favorite spots, you know, because we're going to be camping out for a lot of this in between gigs and, and whatnot. So so if you have amazing areas and, and you live in mm-hmm. in our sort of beat or whatever, District let, let, us, in like, let us know the cool spots so we can check them out. You know? And you can hit up special at special41 at thetrailshow.com. It's S-P-E-S-H-U-L 41 at thetrailshow.com. That's correct. And you can also find that on the website when you forget that. There, there you go. go. Um, and, and it sounds like we might be able to snag you yeah. when you're on you're vacation so, for yeah, so coming studio. Yeah, so it looks like studio. we might be able to do a July show. Okay. Yeah, and depending, I know that some of y'all have some aspirations for like some travels in the area that we're going to be going, so like yeah. Michigan and whatnot. Yes. So well, I'll be there in May. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not yeah. going to work well. Well, in any case, anyway, we're, we're, we're yeah. going to do the out-of-order style updates. Okay. Um, we're going to be doing, you know, we'll let you know where we're at, what we've been doing, uh, some cool breweries that we've hit, yeah. uh, hopefully, again, some that you've suggested, uh, and some cool places that you've suggested as well. Uh, and then uh, when we can, we're going to try to meet up. So, you know, definitely in okay. December, we'll, we'll try, to, try to meet up for, for one of those. And, uh, okay. and in July, since we'll be kind of mostly in Colorado we'll uh, we'll try to do a, a, a live Are you going to keep a log of like the most heinous surface poos that you find? I discovered that poo with a view is actually already an Instagram. Is it? Um, oh, I that that's wow. a thing. Is it for Man. beautiful privies or something? It's no. a it's a dog, a dog just having a nice view while it's taking a poo. Uh, that's yeah. terrible. So <laughs> that's sort of an inside joke that Amanda just put oh, out boy. there. And I'll explain to the listeners. And if I've got anybody that wants to go ahead and like just register this, maybe you can go ahead and, and buy the domain. Okay. And then we'll. It, and if somebody done would like, done. somebody would like to like populate the site if you, if you're into it. So it's poo with a view, and what what you want is like a picture of your properly LNT'd cat hole with poop deposited in there, ah. and then the view from that location. Now, is okay. it the poop mixed? Is it the poop stew, or you want before premix? Uh, I just, I just want what I want is to make sure that your your hole okay. is six to eight inches deep. deep. Boom. So like I want some like you could even do a little two parter kind of photo for that one. You know, like showing your your Ruler. ace of spades or whatever, or your deuce of spades rather yeah. uh, in there, like to show show that you're good six to eight inches deep and like nice width and you know. And uh, and w- and and we'll honor system you on like the whole whether you're two hundred feet deal. Mm, we'll, right. We expect yeah. you to be. But then, and then a picture of your nice view, because I always try to find a spot that like fulfills both requirements. You know, some somewhere that I can be LNT with my poop, but also that I can have a nice view. That's some incredible control, because that's that's not how it goes down for me usually. Uh, you got it. So I'm regular though. I like I know in the morning that I'm going to be it's going true. in the morning. So like yeah. when I roll into a spot, I'm like kind of eyeballing like where's sunrise going to be? Where's a good spot that yeah. I could go towards exploring to like find a good poop opportunity? You know, poop opportunity. Yeah. Hashtag poop opportunity. Yeah. Zul, question for you: Do you have any reservations or trepidation about spending twelve months in a station wagon with Special Forty One? 
It's it's uh, certainly going to be interesting. Never being more than particularly like five feet away from one another at the same time. Yeah, we're it's gonna, a, we're going to see how it goes. I have we're some trepidation and reservations about spending that much time in the car with myself. So I mean, let's <laughs> <laughs> be real. Is there anything else we should ask? Oh, so where are you actually going to be staying at night? We're gonna, we're we're pretty much going to be camping out most of the okay. time. So you know, obviously that's going to be dictated by where we need to go do events and stuff like that. Uh, but we're going to try to check out cool places. We're going to, you know, we've got the National Park Pass, so we're going to be hitting parks and, uh, and, and again, hopefully some cool spots that people let us know about. Yeah. Um, Please. But, yeah, most, <laughs> mostly we're going to be camping out. I'm sure we're, we're okay. going to be getting, like, a, a hotel or a motel every few weeks or something so we can, like, have a proper shower and all sure. that kind of stuff or whatever. But for the most part, we'll be, uh, we'll be living out of that Subi. Wow. Well, we wish awesome. you both... The best of luck. What a fun adventure. Yeah. Uh, I got to say I'm a little jealous. Sounds like a really cool way to spend 12 months. Try to keep the, the beans, the pinto beans and the black beans to a minimum. You're going to be in a vehicle. Oh, no. We've decided that we're going to treat ourselves when it comes to food. So, oh, yeah, We're going to okay. make sure that we're like okay. eating good food. Yeah, it's not going to be out of... Yeah, hey, out, what's yeah. wrong with beans? Come on. Well, if they're going to be the beans, they're going to be fancy what's beans. Okay? Beans. It's true. It's going to be it's going to be like delicate Mediterranean white beans, and there'll only be a few of them. It'll be in a light sauce, and it'll right. be over. No, right. I don't know, but you know, getting fancy. All right, you two. Well, don't have too much fun without us, and don't forget about the trail show. Yeah, Not at all. Right. We're going to outer the order. Send us those outer. audio updates special. Absolutely. We'll we'll, pro- we'll probably do uh, some some videos as well. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Because I mean, we're going to be shooting video for the for the jab yeah, exactly. anyway. Yeah, the jab, so, so people can follow along. Oh yeah, let's make okay. it fun. Well, very good. I think we'll move on to trail of the month. Let's do it. Okay. I suppose so. Uh, do we have trail of the month music? Pod. I don't know. I I did. I'm. I did think that L and T though. I thought that meant. Lint never tripled. I thought it was a reference to all the miles he skipped. But anyway, oh, wow. to, uh, trail of the month. Oh. Wow! Send all hate mail to pod at thetrailshow.com. Lint. That's right, Lint. Didn't you just do a hike with him recently? I'll talk about that in trips. Okay, very trail good. Trail of the month. Trail of the month. <laughs> and this is actually our second time covering the Arizona Trail. We covered it back in 2013, so it's been a while. And I would submit to you that the trails changed a bit since. And I then. remember we watched a video. A we covered it of a guy that hiked. We did. We did. Special. Uh, so actually, we better bid adieu to oh. uh, Azul. You got to get out of here, right? She's going to dig out. She's got to go do some other stuff. That's we're not that cool. Just wrapping it up, man. Just wrapping yeah. it up so we can be All in right. a car for All a right. year. Well, only we were well, cool. Well, thanks, thanks for. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Okay, AZT. Yeah, we did cover AZT previously, and we did feature a documentary that a, a solo hiker had shot. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And there was snow in it. And there was snow on our hike, too. I know. And we'll get in that in a minute. So, real briefly, some quick stats. The Arizona National Scenic Trail. Uh, it's about 800 miles long. It goes from Mexico to Utah. Through deserts, forests, canyons, mountains, rivers, and communities. It starts at the Mexican border near the town of Sierra Vista. And it finishes at the Utah border near Stateline Trailhead, House Rock Road, Wire Pass, Buckskin Gulch, that whole area. A lot of folks will probably be familiar with the Wave, which is a pretty cool rock oh, formation. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, the, they, that's pretty tough to get into. It is. Yeah. Nazi T finishes about two, three miles from the Wave. Um, <clears throat> it goes through two national parks. It goes through 95 miles of Arizona state lands. It goes through Forest Service land, BLM land, city land, county lands, and Babbitt ranches, and 
I mean, you name it. But the cool thing is that as long as you're on the AZT, you are not trespassing. And that always makes me feel good. Yeah. It's <laughs> always nice to not trespass. You know? And not have to worry about it. Just that's, not, no, there's, that's no way to live. Yeah, not have to think about it. Good grief. Real quickly, I'll just say the AZT actually wasn't a thing until 1985. There was a fifth grade school teacher from Flagstaff named Dell Shewalter, and he kind of came up with the vision. The trail got National Scenic Trail status in 2009, and from what I've read, wasn't actually completed until 2011. So it's, you know, it's a relatively new trail. Yeah. I mean, it's not brand spanking new, but it's, it's there, it exists, it's got big group of volunteers that help maintain it. So I went out, I had basically March, and... I'm not cool enough to hike 800 miles in one month, but I was able to get 600 miles from the Mexican border to Flagstaff, which was pretty much exactly what I was hoping to do. So yeah, so I I started March 1st at the Mexican border with two friends, and unfortunately, both those guys ended up with various issues. Um, One guy got some of the most horrendous blisters I've ever seen, and he had to bail on day five. And the other guy had some nerve pain that was going on in his knee and leg that was getting worse and worse and worse. So he actually bailed on day 12. So oddly enough, I ended up kind of doing a bit of a solo hike from day 12 all the way, which was basically the town of Oracle. So did you like pick up a rock and paint on it, do a little Wilson? No, no. Actually, there were a small handful of people out there. So I, I was hiking with this guy, Double T. Shout out, Double T. Me and him hiked all the way to Superior, which was really only about three more days. And then from Superior, I took off. He was waiting on a pair of shoes. And between Superior and Flagstaff, which is a, it's over 250 miles, I saw one other AZT thru-hiker. And I was actually the first AZT thru-hiker that she had met huh. on her entire hike. Do you, do you see many uh, day hikers in, in uh, spots? I, would, ma- I wouldn't use the word many. I mean, we did see some, yeah. especially around the Superstition Wilderness which is a very the popular... The soups. Uh, it's popular. The soups. So, yeah. We saw a lot of day hikers and even like kind of short overnight But hikers. you also were kind of like in the front end of the season. Yeah, too. yeah. So I guess, you know, I started March 1st and my whole thing is I'd rather be colder than hotter. And Amen. my thought is that starting March 1st, uh, the trail wouldn't be as hot. Wrong. Well... Wrong, Felicia. Wrong. What happened is we got about a 10-day stretch of abnormally hot weather, which was in the mid-80s. Did you you ever have to drink your own pee? I didn't. You know, I was hoping to go there. It didn't happen. (laughs) Maybe next time. Yeah, I mean, you know. You still got got some miles. Uh, Yeah, I've still got 200 miles left. It was wild. I went from mid-80s for about 10 days in a row to right about the point where POD showed up near the town of Pine, which is right at the point where you go from desert up onto the Mogollon Rim, and you go from desert to Ponderosa Pine Forest, you go up higher in elevation, and we basically froze for the next week. It was crazy. When I was driving <laughs> into Pine, like I ju- drove across parts of New Mexico and Arizona, and it was pretty warm, you know, hot even, and sunny. And then when I turned off the interstate and drove down into Pine, I was like, Hmm. Everything was covered in snow. I mean, the road was completely clear, but the sides of the road, it was covered in snow. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Well, anyway, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about as far as the hike hike went. Feel free to throw in some questions. But 
one of the questions we always ask with these desert trails is how much water did you have to carry? And I kept, you know, I kept trying to see if there was going to be a spot where I needed more than three and a half liters and there wasn't. So three and a half liters was my biggest water carry. I probably could have used a little more water here and there, but I made do. And, you know, I would submit for a... So three and a half liters, but how far was that taking you? Yeah, that I can't answer you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but what, what, what do you think was sort of like your longest um, your longest stretch having to like go you know, at max capacity though? I, as a rule of thumb for myself, I typically think about a liter taking me five miles. You know, as long as it's not too hot, that that works. If it's really chilly, I don't even need that much. Yeah. But you know, so if we were saying three and a half liters, we, I'd put it like somewhere between fifteen and twenty miles. And I will say this: um, I chose not to drink from stock tanks. And if I had, I would have carried much less than three and a half liters. Now, what are stock tanks? They're basically like impoundments. So imagine like a muddy dirt pond of sorts that cattle are allowed to walk up to and drink from and poop in and stand in and mush it around. And, and, you know, I I would just submit it was a really wet winter in Arizona. And as a result, a lot of the natural springs and water sources were running. So there was a lot of clear water that I had access to. Um, POD and I ran into a situation at the end where we chose not to drink from, uh, stock tanks. And as a result, we went thirsty for a bit. Um, it wasn't very long. It, and I it, mean, we, and we it, locked out and it wasn't that hot. So yeah, it was cold actually, but I think most AZT through hikers, <laughs> yeah, have to drink from stock ponds. It's kind of, you know, they're common. They're so, there. So then what were you actually using for, since like, yeah. Had you made that decision beforehand, and so you didn't no. take like water filtration? No. I, what, what were you using for water treatment? So I use an inline filter, mm-hmm. uh, the Sawyer three-way filter, and I just it, it's literally clipped into the hydration hose. Yep. Um, from you know, I've got a one-liter platy hydration hose, filters in the middle, bite valve. That's kind of my system. So uh, every just by default, every water I dr- every drip or drop of water I drink goes through that filter because. I don't have a cup or any other vessel to drink, you know, anything out of. Yeah. Well, you do carry a, a bottle for making drinks, uh, but that, that, that comes through true. your hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's still filtered. Yeah, I've I've discovered the these little powder packets of the Arnold Palmer. Oh yeah, what it's like half tea, half lemonade. lemonade. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually pretty damn good. Is and, it, is it like super crazy chemicals or is it no? There's good? no artificial sweeteners in it. What is it? What do they actually use? Uh, I'd have you to mean, look. In, in the What's whole the thing? sweetener? I mean, is it sucralose? I don't know. It, I don't know what the sweetener is, but it is, is it like just sugar. Um, it's powdered black tea and powdered lemonade, and then I don't know what's no. I don't know what's in it. Honestly, we'll have to, I have no idea. We'll have to dig There's in. Probably and some find crazy out. chemicals in there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the water situation was actually pretty good for me, and you know, again, so, I didn't so, drink any of the chocolate milk out of the stock tanks. Well, that's that's always nice when you don't have to drink like yeah. nastiness. Yes. I've definitely had to drink some stuff before when I'm oh. like oh, on the Hey Duke. I, yeah, I, I filtered oh, yeah. things through things I was wearing on my head in order to yep. make them cleaner. Yep. We like, did that a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I always feel like that's filthy. You know, one thing I'll say that I noticed about the AZT is that all of the trail towns they knew who we were, they knew what we were doing, they knew what we needed, and I and I I honestly got to give that up to Serena Dufault. She was the uh, previously the Gateway Community Program Director for AZTA, and she did a lot in those trail communities yes. as far as like getting the motel owners to know who we were, the restaurant owners. It was amazing. Like we went, we we went into Oracle, 
And there's really only one place you can stay in Oracle as far as lodging. And this lady had, she had loaner bikes for you to ride around town. Um, she had a hiker box. I mean, this is at a motel. That's pretty cool, right? man. Like, we're a very small part of her business throughout the year, but she really catered to AZT through hikers, and it's, you know, it's because of the outreach Serena did. So big up, Serena. That's right. Thanks for, I mean, even at Mormon Lake Lodge. Yeah. Like, they knew what we were doing. They were really cool to us. And, you know, in Pine, at that brewery, they gave... They, they sent these, us beer before, that brewery. Yeah, we've, we've actually featured the Arizona yep. Trail L on the show before. But as an AZT thru-hiker, you get like a dollar off a pint card. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. So it, it, it felt nice to go into these towns and not get the stink eye. You know, they knew, you know, I, they knew I what think we were that doing. That's, that it, that's so big because I, you, a lot of the times when you get the stink eye, it's just because they don't know. Yeah. Right. 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 It's not because, like, it, like, if they knew, like, hey, yeah, I'm just out here and I like to go into the woods and hike a long ways. They, like, generally, once people realize that that's what's going on, they're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, you they know? stop mean mugging you. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty right. nice to be able to walk into trail towns and, and have, have people just yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah. And even in Flagstaff, when we were walking along the, uh, there's like a resupply route. We were walking down into town, and we had people stop and ask us about the AZT. And granted, there's it's really Your well signs. signed through there. Yeah. Um, the one thing I found odd is the number, the sheer volume of gates you walk through on the AZT. I, I didn't actually count, but it's well L- over a hundred. Like li- livestock gates. Or? Yeah, the, a mix of livestock gates, and the it's it's cool. The AZTA has put in these really swank looking um metal gates with the with the big azt emblem and the best part about those is they have the slide bar so you don't actually have to use your hand to open and close the gate you can just use a trek and pull to slide the bar go through use your trek and pull to slide it back continue on so that was cool but are are you a germaphobe i mean what's what's, yeah let me let me tell you about that so here's what i was thinking Everybody knows when you're a distance hiker, you don't share your gort bag with other distance hikers because it's a good way to transfer feces. germs, feces, and sure, get, yeah. possibly get giardia, right? Yeah. So now let's think about a, a latch or a handle on a gate. Mm-hmm. And let's think about... Anyone like sitting in the sun all day? Sure. And let's think about the fact Call that... UV? You know, we've got POD, they'll go unnamed, but we've got friends who like to poop on trail and... They wipe and continue hiking. There's no Purell. There's no wash. There's no water. There's no soap. There's no nothing. It's just poop and go, Ooh. right? They're not so, surface pooping. No, no, no. no. They're ba- I mean, they're, they're burying no. it. Okay. No, they're digging okay. with their shoe. <laughs> yeah, we might have to put you in touch with this one. Yeah. <laughs> with, Come on. With but anyway, shoe? so now let's think they're about heel. it. They're heel. You've got... Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can do it, I suppose. You've but, got all uh, these people, you know, using various strategies as far as cleanliness goes and they're all handling these latches and then you go through you open the latch you close it and then you go have a snack and you're digging in your own gort bag what's on your fingers special so what's on your tell- hand you're telling me before you go for a snack you don't go ahead and give yourself a little purell yeah i do yeah and also i mean like that latch is sitting out in the uv all day that's a good point and there's a lot of uv on the arizona yeah. trail let me tell you yeah, and it's like rusty metal kind of a deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I, I, it, the thing is, is like I'm kind of with you. I am a yeah. if there's cause kind of a germaphobe, yeah. you know, like because there is some nastiness that exists, right? Yeah. But like you know, I mean, like 
I feel like the right. gate maybe is a little overkill, dude. I it think, might I be. Think, I, th- I think you can let that one go. It might be, but here's my thing. If I'm going to get a norovirus, for instance, uh-huh. I don't want to get that on trail. Getting sick like that on trail is very difficult. Like, you know, if you're at home, you got a toilet, you got running water, you got access to Even it. that's difficult. Man, I, I can tell yeah, you, even, I was just there a week yeah, ago. Yeah, but when you're I on trail you, and this I happens. I had Jardia in the middle of the Sierras. I, okay. I, I hear you, man. It's, it's uh, horrendous it's to fun. deal with on trail. It's, it's very, very. Not cool, bro. Inconvenient. Yeah, yeah it's very inconvenient. So, anyway. I, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you. I purelled after every gate. I, I, I did, man. I mean,. As everybody knows, I'm a big advocate of the backcountry bidet. That's right. And that way you don't have to deal with like TP or yep. you know any of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just like, I, I'm all about that. Use water and use Purell and you don't need to be yeah. filthy out there. I mean, like you can be dirty without being filthy. True. Right? For sure. I mean, like, you know. It, that's a good segue into, I didn't plan it this way, but for some reason I didn't get a shower in the first 12 days of the hike. Hmm. And you're filthy. Uh, yeah, I was pretty filthy you're, by you day are, twelve. You are I, filthy. You know, I was. Filthy, I was filthy disco. I think I may have. I think the shower that I used on day twelve. I don't. It might not be working. I. I don't know. I don't know. It was. Uh, I was dirty though. It looks how, like a stock how are your uh, How are your socks? Because I assume you didn't do laundry during that time either, right? I did not do laundry. So, like, how were your socks? Did you give them, like, the pre-rinse before you washed it? Oh, how, how, how oh yeah. Were they? I, I actually got, when I, on day 12 when I got in the shower, I got in with all my clothes on. Oh, and, yeah. And I started, like, the pre-rinsing and then slowly disrobing you, uh, and rinsing. Do you, and, do you do trail laundry at all? Um, you know, like I... Like a little I, Ziploc washing I did. machine? I did. A couple you know? times before day 12, what I do is I get a gallon-sized Ziploc. Yep, yeah. And I... Actually, I go down to the water source first, fill it up with water, come back to my gallon size Ziploc, and I got a little Dr. Bronner's. Yep. Put a couple drops in there. Yep. Put socks in, underwear, whatever it is I'm washing, and I do the shake. Yeah. And then I pour you out got the water, to, do, do it do, again. Do you leave a little air in there? Yeah. I always got to leave a little air in there, you know, to make yeah, sure otherwise you can, like, you really can't swish it. it up. Yeah. 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 You got yeah, you yeah. to leave some air to get the shake on. This I could actually, be a trail I actually kind of find that the minimum amount of water that you use is, is the best. Because, like, I'll. I'll sit there with like a liter of water, you know, and like dump half of it in there, and it and you're not really getting like it, it. It's still pretty, you know, high laundry to water ratio, but you can really squeeze it around that way. You know, if yeah. you get too much water, then it all sort of just well. Just floats also, around. if you're shaking, for example, and you have too much water in there, the water acts as uh, like padding. Whereas if you don't have a lot of water, but you have just enough in air and you're shaking, it's yeah. really getting pounded in there. Yeah, because yeah. like water and air keep getting alternately pushed through with the That's syrup right. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's actually a great way to do it. And then I usually like do a rinse or two, and you, and it's shocking how much dirt is still in there. And you know. Oh yeah. Now switching gears a little bit. This is a national scenic trail, but it ain't the PCT. And what I mean by that is that some of the climbs are steep and i'd heard this oh. you know i was expecting are we talking like uh straight up or like yes. minimal switchbacks yes okay but in and specifically the climb into the santa catalinas was about a four thousand foot climb there was a lot of really steep grades without switchbacks that section needs a lot of work there was also a 5500 foot climb into the rincons you go from like 3100 feet sonoran desert up to about 8600 feet ponderosa pine forest that's pretty sweet yeah that and that transition happens in about 14 miles okay so you do it in a day yeah you know and 
it's really kind of cool to go through the different layers, the that, different ecosystems. That is that is actually one of my favorite things about some neat climbs that that I can think of is like when you actually go from one type of an ecosystem yeah. into another, like yeah. during the course of a single day. Right. That's one of my favorite things about you know sort of watching the landscapes change. And even on day one, I don't know the exact elevation of where the trail starts, but you do a multi-thousand foot climb into the Huachucas. And on day one, on the north side of that mountain, we were half mile was on snow. And as the crow flies, I bet we were five, six miles from Mexico. It's kind of striking to think like, okay, this is kind of odd. I'm, I'm five, six miles from Mexico and I'm walking on snow, but... You know, you're at 8,000 feet. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the elevation, right? Yeah, I mean, people, totally. th- people think of the, the desert and the southwest as just being like, you know, flat tumbleweeds and some saguaros out there or something. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if you go to the, some of the high points, I mean, there's, it, there's alpine areas. There's, you know. So I actually have a question for yes, you. Uh, please. What, what about, I mean, you said, what about wildlife? That's what I re- yes. I'm, I'm kind of curious about because for the, for the desert, I think that desert environments tend to have some of the most interesting wildlife. Sure. So what did you yeah. see? Seven rattlesnakes, one Gila monster, two javelinas, one kawadi, lots of wild turkeys, lots of deer, zero bears, and a bunch of elk near the muggy on rim section. So do you want to actually talk about some of those? So like uh, a javelina, for instance? Yeah. They kinda, or what was that other one that you said? I don't kawadi. Know. Kawadi, yeah. Or so Cotamundi. What, 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 the, what the heck are those? Yeah. So this is the cool thing about hiking in southern Arizona is that you're going to see some wildlife that you do not see in other trails in the, the west or anywhere in the U.S. for that matter. A Cotamundi, I think it, it looks like a cross between a ferret, a raccoon, and a monkey. Huh. You, you Google it, C-O-A-T-I, Kawati. I had one actually in a bush right beside where I was camped one night, and I was thinking like, ah, oh, they're really curious. They have a lot of energy, and I was like, oh, man, is this guy going to keep me up all night? And he was kind of darting around for about five minutes checking me out, and then poof, gone. He huh. rolled out. Do they look like they might be tasty? No, they're no, pretty small. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty small. But they're very curious, and they're, like I said, they're very high energy. Now, javelinas kind of look like, narrow furry pigs yep and they scruff around in the dirt and do their thing and i've heard you don't want to get between mom and and the kids but you know i came up on two of them they didn't even see me i just kind of watched them and then made a noise and they rolled out so did did you get harassed by any uh any wildlife of any kind um i got so i saw seven rattlesnakes and six of the seven rattled at me uh, which I was actually thankful for. The oh, yeah. one that didn't rattle at me was very disconcerting, and it was actually the first one I saw. And I don't know if it had just eaten or just come out of hibernation or what, but he was coiled on the trail, and I couldn't go around him because there was prickly pear cactus, like you know, hordes of it on either side. And so he had to move. And so I, I, I stuck my trekking pole out at him, and he struck it. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, and he still didn't move. And I was like, okay, um, what to do? So I picked up a couple of pebbles and just started tossing the pebbles in front of him. And he didn't like that. So he kind of coiled up and I just kept tossing pebbles. And then he finally turned around and like went right into the prickly pear cactus and took off. Huh. And you know, over the next like five days, I saw six more snakes, and I was freaking out, man. What, what about uh, what about like scorpions and spiders no, yeah. and stuff like that? Did you see any like cool smaller? No, 
No, no, no scorpions, sure. no spiders. Were, were you looking though, or were you just like, please don't be here? And oh I'm no, to sleep. I was looking, but you know, <laughs> scorpions typically like to hang out under dark things. Yeah, and you know, if you're just walking on the trail, I guess your your biggest chance of coming into contact with a scorpion is probably at a rest break if you're sitting down in the shade. Sure, yeah. Um, and a lot of those rest breaks, I was just constantly scanning for snakes, especially after I'd seen a couple. But you know, it's it's a it's definitely a concern. I mean. I walked within a foot or two of seven rattlesnakes, and I'm just thankful that none of them got me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I I kind of take the approach with them that they're a hazard, and you have to be careful and keep an eye out for them, but, like, don't freak out. Yeah. You know, because it's not like people get bit all that often. No, it it's happens, true. It's true. It's, like, it's also, like, one of those most people are, like, dudes, young drinking and the, the bites arm, are yeah exactly you know? i tell you what was actually more of a problem than the snakes were was the actual cactus and i i'm still dealing with an issue i had oh a run in with a jumping choya do you have a little implantation going on i did and it was you know it happened right after uh, i left oracle and it broke off underneath my skin so the the tip of a choya spine yeah and Gosh, I was like, you know, what do I do? Should I get off trail and have this removed? And and I was like, I'll just walk on it the ne- tomorrow and see if it's too painful. Where was it? It was okay. So the inside of your ankle like, on the bone. Yeah. So like right inside there. ankle bone. Yep. Right there on that protrusion. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And oh. it actually wasn't too bothersome walking. It was only bothersome at night. Was it just one or was it like a couple of them? It in was there? about five. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I got four out completely, but the fifth one I didn't get out. Um, yeah. So I hiked oh. with it for three weeks and I got it. I went to the doctor after I got back to Colorado. She cut open my ankle and it took her like four or five minutes to find it. Yeah. She had to dig around a bit, which was. I mean, my I, ankle was I numb. I had to so, do that once uh, on my shin. It was yeah. pretty unpleasant. It, I, it, after about three weeks, it finally kind of like pussed up, and I was able to like lance it and okay. squeeze it out. But I was like, "Yeah, what a pain, man!" Oh man, yeah, it's just something not so fun. small could cause that much trouble. Like, listen, listen, plant. I'm not here for yeah. you. I'm yeah. not going to do anything to you. Leave me alone. It's still healing. Hopefully, it's all gone. I, I still don't know that for sure yet, but I'll probably know by next month's show. Huh. Um, <laughs> So other, speaking, of, I was actually going to ask you about plant life. You know, was there was there any like cool plant life as well? Oh, I mean, oh like, man! I mean, the Sonoran Desert section. You get ocotillo, you get uh, jumping choya, you get teddy bear choya, prickly pear. I mean, it's all stuff with spines. But as someone who lives in an area that doesn't have a lot of that kind of plant life, it's always it's kind of a novelty yeah. to, to be like you. Literally, look like you're in a kind of a desert garden. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Uh, do you see many saguaro? Oh, tons of saguaro. We yeah. actually, or part of the trail goes through Saguaro National Park. So there was about 10 days where I was walking through saguaros Those nonstop. Those things are so cool. I the, mean, you look at them and like if if it's got a limb, you know it's like 150 years old or something like that. I mean, yeah. those things are just massive and cool. Oh, they are cool. And, and some of them, gosh, good grief, like 30, 40 feet tall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're big. I think the tallest one is like 68 feet tall or something like that. I mean, it's, yeah. they're massive, massive. Yeah. I tell you what, let's go to break real quick. I'll come back and I'll finish up this discussion about the AZTA and then we need to call our author. Ooh, let's do it.
This is trauma, and I've never listened to the trail show. Today's trail show is sponsored by Ultra. Ultra's naturally shaped shoes have literally hiked the world and have become essential gear for record-setting hikers. Heather Anish Anderson wore Ultra's while setting self-supported FKTs on the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, and the Arizona Trail. Lint Bunting lived in his Ultra's while completing the Triple Crown three times. The Packing It Out team uses Ultra to carry them across miles of nature while picking up trash along America's trails. Liz Snorkel Thomas only wore Ultras during her adventures in her new book, Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike. Get a pair of trail shoes today at www.ultrarunning.com. I'm so stoked that we finally got Ultra as a sponsor. I actually, I've been wearing Ultras now since 2015. And most recently, I wore a single pair on the Arizona Trail from Mexico to Flagstaff. I wore Ultras exclusively on our hike in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I actually was able to do 2,000 miles in three pairs. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. good. And what I've noticed is that they last longer than other trail shoes I've had in the past. And I'm a big fan of the Olympus, which is their really thick-soled trail shoe. And I got 750 miles out of a pair of Olympuses in New Zealand. And I could have kept going, but I actually had a new pair of Ultras in my mail drop, so I switched out then. But I've, I've just been amazed at at the durability and the comfort special. That's, that's for me. The, so, like, my whole thing is that I think that generally the reason that people start wearing shoes that are a half size to a full size bigger when they first start getting into distance backpacking is like hey your foot expands a little bit yeah yeah but i think also you become aware of the fact that you've been wearing shoes wrong your whole life yeah because like we wear them too tight and i think that the just like so i i wear ultras as well and i'm also stoked that we got them for a sponsor yeah totally because because frankly i needed a new pair Uh, (laughs) and uh and yeah i i dig the fact that they actually give you room for a pinky toe to exist and yeah. I think that, like for women in particular, because if you look at a lot of women's shoes, they they make pointy shoes. Like the women are supposed to have no pinky toes. Apparently, they're shaped like a missile. Yeah, and so like, and that's just not how your foot is. And no. I think the idea of using a foot form that is a little bit more like actually gives your your smaller toes some room yeah. to exist is just it's smart. I mean, think about the concept of let's make a shoe that's actually shaped like a foot yeah i mean that sounds like a no-brainer but most shoes have a narrow toe box mm-hmm. yep ultras have a foot-shaped toe box which is why they fit your feet and, yeah. and why they feel better especially as a distance hiker i mean frankly there are some other shoe companies that i think make great shoes but i can't wear their shoes because they're just too narrow yeah you know i think after you've done a distance hike or two like your foot does kind of splay out a little bit and, totally. and have a little bit more of that like pinky out, like actually using all of your toes to push off rather than just yep. your big toe kind of a deal, you know? And I think that uh, for me, there's just, there's other shoe companies that I've tried before that I, I can't do it because it's just too narrow and ultras yep. get it. You totally. Know? It, the other thing about ultras that is unique um, is that there's zero drop. And what that means is that if, you know, if you're standing barefoot on a floor, that's essentially zero drop. And most shoes are actually have a heel that's higher than the toe. Yeah, so you're always kind of pitched a little bit yeah, forward. Yeah, you're always kind of pitched a little bit forward, which isn't a natural way 
mm-hmm. uh, for a, a foot to be. Na- the natural way is, you know, barefoot on the dirt, sure, right? Yeah. Z- it, that zero drop. So what I would tell folks is if you're in the middle of a through hike right now and you're wearing a shoe with the heel higher than the toe and you go out and buy a pair of ultras and then start doing 30s in them immediately, you go- you're going you to yourself. You're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, because you you're making fundamental changes totally. to your stride when you, yeah. when you switch over to a yeah. shoe that doesn't have that forward pitch. Yeah. And like the reality is, is if you, I mean, I'm a big advocate of paying attention to how you walk and figuring out like how you're walking wrong because we all pick right. up bad walking habits, right? Right. And like if you start paying attention to each and every footfall, you start to to get that. Yeah. And it's you know, anytime you get a new pair of shoes, you should you should be careful and take it slow and like pay attention to yeah. how your feet are actually moving. But when you do change from sort of that pitched forward shoe style yeah. to something that is zero drop you're exercising your muscles in like subtly different ways that are going to actually like impact yeah. you so so you you're going to want to think about doing like a, a couple week transition process and and you can go to ultrarunning.com and see what they recommend as far as transitioning but let me tell you once you make the transition you are never going to want to go back to anything else no. i've been wearing ultras ex- exclusively now for two years and i can't imagine wearing any other trail shoe and that's you know, whether or not Ultra sponsored this show, I'd be wearing Ultras and I'd be using them on trail. I so, mean, the, and I trail, just, the line. shoes that I have sitting over there by my door are Ultras. Yeah, those know. things have got some miles on them, man. They do. I've, I've, <laughs> been, I've probably pushed them far too far. But yeah. you know what's actually amazing about those, though, is I, I kind of think it's interesting that even though they're all roughed up, a lot of that is surficial. And you know yeah. how like shoes kind of have that double layer or whatever? Like yeah. those things are still relatively sound. They're not. They don't have like huge blowouts or like big gaps where the cloth is ripped open. Right. Sure, they're right. just like super scuffed up, and like that outer layer is like all yeah. torn up. But like they're they're still working. You know, totally. So check them out. They're ultrarunning.com. Um, if you're looking for a good trail shoe, I'd recommend the Lone Peak or yeah. the Olympus. That's what um, I'm getting. Is the Lone Peak three? If you're into really minimalist trail footwear, check out the Superior. But uh, you can't go wrong. Just uh, g- give it a try. Give them a try if you haven't, and you can thank us later. Yeah, seriously. Okay. I want to real quickly finish up this discussion about the AZT before we give our author a call. Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess just the last couple things I wanted to say is that, um, you know, that heat actually forced me to, to do some pre-dawn hiking, which is something I'm, I'm normally like a, you know, team B. I normally kind of sleep in a little bit. But for 10 days, I set my alarm for 4.40, yeah. and I was hiking by 5. Now, were you incorporating siesta as part of that, though? Because for me, that's the, okay. that's the c- critical thing. So the rub is that in March, the amount of sunlight is actually pretty short still, and yeah. so it would get dark by 6.30. Okay. And so I had intention, always had intentions of taking a siesta, but I also had the silver umbrella, which was, by the way, my number one piece of gear on the trail, and... I was actually able to hike through the day most days because of the silver umbrella. Yep. But those first two hours from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. were just magical. It kind of sucks to get up that early, but start by headlamp and you get those pre-dawn hours and you get the sunrise every morning, and it's incredible. I mean, No, I'm totally with you, man, yeah. especially in the desert environs. I, I mean, A, you see a lot more like activity and wildlife during those like transition yeah. parts of the day. But just to be on your feet and watch the sunrise is so nice. But it is, like, I'm terrible about getting up early. I'm kind yeah. of the same way. I, I tend to, to roll out a little bit later than, than your average hiker sure. a lot of times. 
But when I actually do have to get up real early or actually make myself go ahead and get up early, it's so nice. The other thing I'll say is a big shout out to the AmeriCorps groups that are doing a great amount of trail work out on the AZT right now. Would you say it's a tremendous? It's tremendous. It's huge. It's big. And there's a section of the AZTA that's always been notorious. It's kind of like Section O on the PCT. On the AZT, it's the Mazatzels. And I've, I talked to five different locals that gave me five different pronunciations of that mountain range. I liked Mazatzel, so that's what I'm going with. You can send corrections to special because I'm not interested. Uh, the AmeriCorps crews did some great work through the Mazatzels, and that section was a breeze. Um, you might want to send them over to the Four Peaks Wilderness, though. That's a complete junk show at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> the other thing I'll just say as far as navigation goes, I carried, um, actually had the printed topo maps, and I had a printed data book. But the truth is, I used, for my first time ever, on a distance hike. Did you use an app? I used an app special. Oh, my God. You hiked by app. I used Gut Hook's AZT app, and, and if I'm being completely honest, it was f***ing amazing. Yeah, was it? It was incredible. So how was it on your battery? I had my phone in airplane mode the whole time, and I had a little anchor with me so that I could recharge. But um, but do you, do you feel like it ate into your... No. Know, like it was just... No. It was right there. It was good to get yeah. up. Everything and, and you know, I would only bring it up if I was at an intersection or had a question. Um, the other cool thing is like it's like having a guidebook. Uh, I mean, for 10 bucks, you get where all the water sources are, you get real-time info as people are updating it on the status of that water source. And you can look at exactly where you are, elevation of where you are, distance to the next water source, distance from the last water source. I mean, does special. It, it blew my does mind. It, does it tell you how much water you need to carry? I know there's a lot of people out there right now. It doesn't tell you that much. There's a lot oh, of people like, oh, hey, Disco, hey, you're hook, weak, I man. The, I want the, the money on You that should one be using map and compass and the stars to navigate. I can't believe you're using an app. I, I got to tell you, it was incredible. You know, my, my thing is, like, I, I think it's totally fine to use an app. The thing is, is anything that you can put on your phone and, and still be able to use that for yeah. whatever. Like, if you're using that for your phone and right. also for your camera and also for your alarm clock yeah, that, and also for your GPS and, and also my, for your... Yeah, Like, camera, it makes your everything. phone more and more ultralight with every use yeah. you can add to it. So... I'm not so much against apps. I just I'm more against like the reliance on that piece of technology sure. that is the phone, you yeah. know, and and because like they break, you can yeah. get oh, wet. Yeah. I mean like battery definitely dies. you need to make make sure you're taking care of them, yeah. but and and yeah, like maybe that's never going to happen, but yeah. I guess I guess I'm just one of those guys that feels like I'm always going to want to have a paper map on me. And that's I, why I, I did. also get them out all the yeah. time and like to look at yeah. them and like look at the landscape and I'm one right. of those start found, stay found guys, right? I mean, sure. like get out your map all the time and look at it and know where you are on the squiggles so, totally. that, so that you never have to wonder. Yeah, and that's why so. I carried, you know, printed maps and a printed data book. Um, but the truth is I didn't use them a whole lot. Yeah. I also had a compass with me, which I, you know, you need to be able to navigate without your technology because it can die. It can fall in a creek. It can sure. be left behind, yeah. never to be seen again. So you need to be prepared to do navigate both ways that's all i'll say about that um anything else left to talk about oh i'm gonna do hoping to do a bonus show in the next couple months where i just go through all the gear i took out there what worked for me what didn't um what i wish i'd have what i didn't have 
I'm just going to dive into it and really geek out on gear. So stay tuned for that bonus show. Again, it's going to be a few months down the road. Anything else about the AZT? Uh, did you have any really good beer out there? Uh, I did. Um, so that brewery, which is in the town of Pine, right on the trail, has a double IPA. And it is excellent. I also like their Arizona Trail Ale. Okay. It, and, it's, it's really good, too. And that's where I met up with Disco was in Pine. So I yep. drove down from Salida, and I brought them a growler of beer from Elevation Brewery to yeah. that oh, okay, brewery, nice. which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But yeah, if you're hiking the AZT, you must stop at That Brewery in Pine. You that will be, Brewery. It's called That Brewery. That yep. Brewery. That could be really confusing. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, we've got a call with a very special person for our media review for our media oh, review all right and what we're reviewing this month where where it's, it's right, right there it's, there it is right here there you go whoop, whoop. You, you all right we've everything. got this hot off the press it that is literally like that's that thing can't have been printed more than what a month ago oh, I, oh we just week. got it yeah we i think it's only been sell, for sale since april 15th yes that's what i'm saying i mean like it's been i mean that is literally yeah. like brand new so the book is called Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike by Trail Show 5th Chair, Miss Liz Snorkel-Thomas. It's the over one and 300 only. pages. It's full of great pictures, great info. Uh, let's give her a call, and maybe she can tell us all about it. We might even play a prank on her. Here we go. Hey there, Disco. Hey, Snorks. It's me, P.O.D., and Special 41 from the Trail Show. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? We are doing well. I've got a copy of your brand new book, Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike, in my hands. And we are really stoked on this book. I know uh, there's actually some familiar faces in the book that we yeah. can talk about. But we wanted to, you know, for our Trail Media segment this month, we wanted to ask <laughs> you about your book and just give us maybe maybe let's just start with like a brief overview of of what the book is yeah what's in there and why should i why should i buy it awesome um so it has a lot of the things that you'd find in other how-to through hiking books like picking gear and getting in shape but unlike a lot of other through hiking books it focuses on whoa what's going on over the trail show nothing nothing What, what do you mean Oh, I just heard a lot of papers jostling, jostling around. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was uh, that was our interns frantically running around trying to get extra <laughs> copies guys. of the book for POD and special. Oh, oh, excellent. Keep those kids busy. Okay, yeah, sorry, continue. So, um, yeah, one of the things that I think makes this book really cool is that when I looked through other books, it looked like they were kind of light on um, planning and prep, specifically like, deciding whether a thru-hike is right for you, or how do you leave your family behind, or how do you leave your job behind, or how do you save up enough? And I know the Trail Show has talked a lot about finances and budgeting, but I mean, as thru-hikers, you know the first thing someone asks you is, how do you get the time and the money to do that? So I really wanted to focus on that. Well, I mean, um, usually they ask you about the the gun first, but... uh... Oh, Yeah. Do you see any bears? <laughs> what, what are you girls doing up on that trail? For, for sure. And, um, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that I talk a lot about some of the social issues on trail. So, like, what happens if you hang with a bad crowd or um, trail etiquette? Things that 
you know, it's really sexy in a how-to about book about through hiking to talk about gear and safety and the dangers of the trail and what to do. But I think this really breaks it down to kind of a nitty-gritty. What's it like out there? So would you How say do you deal it, like, with it also kind of is a bit of an introduction to like trail culture and etiquette? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not just a, um, you know, like a, well, I guess someone described it to me being like, you know, the way that a man writes a, a how-to book is like trying to make it sound super hardcore, which it is, but it leaves out a lot of the like stuff that you're going to be dealing with all the time. Like the fact that your spouse is really upset that you're gone and the air conditioner has fallen out of the house or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the other things that I think makes this book really cool is that um, it includes voices of through hikers from different stages in their hiking careers, people who are just starting out or in different stages of their life, um, some retired people, some younger people. So it really, it's not just my perspective, but kind of like this whole survey of the community. So if you don't see me and like, want to follow exactly what I do, there's all these different other um, opinions throughout the book, including from many trail show guests. Yeah, we, now, we noticed that, and we actually had Zool in studio earlier this evening, and we noticed that her whole kit got featured, as did the late Paul Mignanti. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that specifically, actually. Um, that is one of the things that I think sets this book apart, is a section called What is in Your Pack? And basically what it is for our listeners is it's a it's a, a snapshot of several different hikers, kind of gives a background of what, what kind of hiking they do, what their style is, what their philosophy is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it actually goes through every single thing that's in their pack and, you know, um, gives you the weight of those things. And the, thing, the reason I like this is because it's not just like, okay, base layers, here are some options. Cooking uh, setup, here are some options. It's like, no, here's someone's actual entire kit. Here's another person's entire kit. Here's another person's entire kit. These yeah. are the trails they've hiked with this kit. These are the trails yeah. they've hiked with this kit. Which I think is super useful because it, it actually provides like some context. Yes, to, it's not just like to gear. It's well, like here's how a system works totally. rather that's than right. just how that's a piece right. of gear works. I think works. it's really awesome. Now I will say there seems to be a little bit of fudgery in here because on page 176. Ooh. It says, oh. it says Liz's backpack fully packed. And there's a picture of it. Now, I've seen Snorkel's backpack fully packed. <laughs> and it never looks this symmetrical or organized. Well, I think, I think credit goes to the, to the photographer there. So it may have all of the gear that she normally uses, but I can tell you that it never, ever looks like that. Uh, it looks like she's, just, she's got a bunch of like... Bars sticking. Yeah. And it's all lumpy and lopsided and And there's crooked. like food spilled on the top of it. Like, yeah. like, come on, Snorkel. And usually the water hose is hanging like down to the ground. and <laughs> Covered in dirt, maybe. That's right. Anyway, yeah. so I, I, I particularly really like that system because like Special said, it, it doesn't just tell you like, here's 20 options for raincoats. It's like, here's an entire system for this person. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, it goes to illustrate the fact that there's a million different ways to do it right. You know, you don't really need to be locked into, you know, one way of doing stuff. Snorkel, how long have you been working on this book? So I started doing writing some of the text back in fall of 2015. So it, it's been a while. Wow. Okay. So this has been a long time coming. It's got to be, I mean, I can only imagine the smile on your face when you got the first copy in your hand. 
Yeah, it was totally unreal because I mean, like, not that I've given birth, but it kind of felt like, like, here it is. It's just gestated a, a mere, 50, uh, what are we at? Like 21 months. Yeah. Yeah. And the photography in it's incredible. And I'm glad that you were able to use as many pictures as you were. Where did you source all your photos from? So almost all the photos are taken by actual through hikers from their hikes, including, um, well, so Zool has some photos in there. Um, so there's some from, from uh, Mags, um, as yeah. well as many familiar faces. And um, the gear, for example, was taken by professional gear photographers from Backpacker. So all of those kits, it's like everything that's in their pack laid out really yeah. nicely. Um, so I, I really like that because yeah, for me as so a new cool. person... Like, gear lists don't really do it for me. It's kind of like yeah. wall of tech. I glaze over. But, like, if I see everything laid out, I'm like, it's like a pack explosion. You totally want to, like, go up and sniff and be like, hey, what uh, you got there? Well, yeah, sniff, start poking maybe around not. a little bit and see, what, see what's going on. I also noticed on pages 203 uh, in the Mag's budget kit, talks about aquamira drops. That's BS. We all know he doesn't treat his water. And also... <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought that, too. On page 205... Uh, oh no, never mind. That that's a truth. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Good grief, baby. she's over here fact checking. Yeah, it on the right. fly. Fact, fact checking your book, snorkel. No, it's not snorkel. It's you know she interviewed these hikers and so, they they right. said what they carry. So. so snorkel, this is a pretty pretty good slick looking book as it's far awesome. as like design and like typography and all, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, did you uh, did you have some help as far as you know all of the layout and design or like what programs did you use like what how did you actually like make this from an idea into a nice, nice, beautiful book? So the book was done by Falcon Guide and Backpacker, and they definitely had this artistic vision. So for me, I came up with the text, and I was like, hey, I'd like this photo of my friends or this photo of some thru-hikers I know to go in here. And there was, there was, you know, like I had to make sure it was the right resolution. So everything ended up turning out really, really nicely in a way that since I'm not like a trained graphic designer, I never could have done by myself. Sure. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a very visual book and people are going to be pretty stoked on it once they get a copy in their hands. And I'm curious, as far as I know, there's only a paperback uh, version available. Do you guys plan to do an ebook version at any point? I have heard that there's supposed to be an ebook version and I thought it was supposed to be released on April 15th along with the paperback, huh. but okay. I have not seen it yet. So I will get back to you about it. I will definitely post something on Facebook when it goes live. Okay, cool. And if you want to know um, why Disco married me, you can go to page 144 <laughs> and see a picture of me in all my rain gear and see just you know how fashionable I am on trail. Uh, Look at that photo. Are there, any special. Picture, are there any pictures of me in there? I don't think so. Of course no. not. They're, I mean, she's trying to sell books. But I also, I also, saw, I also yeah, saw a yeah. page that said uh, the case for going light, and there's a picture of Olga there. I'm curious <laughs> about that. <laughs> I, well, I th I, maybe he's used as an example of like a starting point. Ah, <laughs> wow, wow, Olga, please send all hate mail to Delo at thetrailshow.com. Definitely Delo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is going lighter than his 85 pounds from 1996. True. That's a good point. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, 50 pounds of cheese, like, right. it's still an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Wait, what's wrong with 50 pounds of cheese? I'm confused. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that after the show. Snorkel, so tell us, what, what else do we need or what else should people know about this book? 
gorgeous photographs. Oh, they um, are really nice. It, it is really good looking. It's over 300 pages, too, which is a That's lot, a lot of, of material. That's a lot of content. Well, this I mean, is she's, not a covering, book. she's covering a lot of different topics yeah. and perspectives, And we should too, tell people, know? this is not a book that you pack out. No. No, no, no. But this is definitely, like, it looks like there's a lot of digestible chunks, right? Oh, like, yes. Like, you don't need to, to read, you know, three hours to be able to get through a chunk. No. Like, you can, you can open it up and, like, you know, pick a piece and kind of yeah. read at your leisure. Digestible with no giardia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You should have a you Always should have a, like a little gold like foil sticker on there that's like says Giardia free or something. You, you know we can maybe uh, we'll draft up some uh, trail show approved stickers. You can you can have Falcon Guides go back through and like retroactively <laughs> stick them on all of them. Yeah, trail show book of the year. Yeah. Oh, nice. Snorkel, will you sign my that copy? Will you sign my copy next time you're on the show? Oh, for sure. But I will tell you that after I've been drinking some beers, what I sign in people's copies of the books kind of like deteriorates in quality uh, but well, increases in I, authenticity I, yeah yeah in truth True. in wine is truth or something I, like that. i drew a photo on cactus's copy the other day of, of a person pooping yeah and i should mention so we had cactus on last month's show talking about the san diego trans county yeah. trail and cactus's kit is featured in your book it's pretty cool yeah totally matter of fact snorkel i I think I could go as far as saying that your book is a parade of trail show guests. It, it kind of is, actually. <laughs> I love it. So where can folks get it? Um, I believe it's for sale at REI. It's also on Amazon. Um, and if you know of a local gear store or bookstore that would like to carry it, uh, please let me know. Yep. Very cool. All also, right. uh, go to your local gear store and just start asking for it. Yes. Yes. Just go in there and, and be like, yes. hey. You can also request it at your local library. The general yep. will buy any book that you Ooh. request. Yes, they so will. So please go, please go to your local library and request this book. So, you know, I, I have to say I'm, I'm one of those hikers that, like, I don't have the extensive through hiker library right, of, right. like, books. I've got, yeah. I've got a few or whatever, but, yeah. you know, I don't go nuts. I'm really looking forward to going through this book and, and checking it out and seeing, like, you know, it's it's almost like it's going to offer the opportunity to, you know, when you're out on the trail and you're hiking with somebody and you're, like, checking out their food bag, you know, <laughs> or you're, like, yeah. seeing the way totally. that they do something, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh, how do they do, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I feel like this book is going to going to be, like, the couch version of that. Yes, I like so it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going through it. For sure. And while I was doing it, I learned a lot about what other hikers do. And so it was really cool to include that in the book and be like, yeah, yeah, that's a cool way to do it. I never thought of that before. The book's called Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike. It's from Trail Show 5th Chair, Liz Snorkel Thomas. Go out and get a copy today. Snorkel, thank you so much for talking to us tonight. Yeah, it's great talking to you, too. All right, we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Right Bye, Trail Show. Bye. All right. Peace out. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Liz Snorkel Thomas, Trail Show 5th no Chair. only. Grab this book. It's pretty slick. It it really does look good. And, they, you know, they, they do have great photos. And, man, it's just nice. Nice looking. All right. We got some audio from Trail Show Embed. 
out of order. What? I know. I know. Maybe, He's still out there hiking. Oh, geez. Maybe we should do some Amendment 64 before <laughs> out of orders, Clip. <laughs> My Lord. We should have him on the show to help us out with that in person. I, you know, uh, I mean, I'm going to be pretty jealous if he, he comes and does a show while I'm on the road. Yeah. And, uh, yeah we're happen. To, we're going to, you know, what we should do is try to get him on July. Okay. If he's back, we should try to totally do that. But so we also see it also has to coincide with a D-Lo. Yeah, D-Lo. Well, maybe we, well, we get, could always we'll get the band D-Lo. back together for the July yes. show. And we have yeah. everybody in studio. Okay, let's play this clip. I believe Mr. Out of Order is in Spain. What's up, Trail Show? This is Out of Order checking in on this long, long walk across Europe. I've made it to Portugal. Finally, finally. Um, yes, Portugal is to the west of where I'm trying to go. Yes, I walked from the east to the west across Spain on the community of Santiago. Too far to the west. Now I gotta go back to the east and to the south. But I got a compass, got a GPS. I'm figuring this out. I'm he really going, is out of I order. think, in the right direction right now. <laughs> I got the ocean on my right. And as long as I keep my right shoulder to the ocean, I should be good all the way to the southern tip of Europe. So yeah, man, things are going great. Uh, the community of Santiago is a blast. You know, a lot of U.S. hikers probably talk talk a little trash about the community of Santiago because, you know, it's super easy when you're like, where's the next resupply? It's usually like 100 yards away at that <laughs> next store. <laughs> where's the next resupply? 100 more yards away. But you just got to embrace it, you know? On the CDT, you embrace the brutality. On the community of Santiago, you embrace drinking, eating, <laughs> talking with people from all kinds of different countries, and just going short days with way too much junk in your pack. Things like hair dryers. Saw some what? guy walking what? around in jeans through a rainstorm. What? If we were the U.S. trail, I would have given him one of my favorite trail names of all time, which is Death by Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you just embrace the good say? parts of the Camino, which is that it's an awesome international food, uh, beer, wine, wine, people experience, you're going to be good to go. Uh, I had a great time on it. I think one of the best parts of it was right in the beginning when I finally got to a trail and I was finally hiking with other people. It's really, it's been a long time since I hiked with other people. You kind of finally feel like you're part of community again. You're part. You're an accepted part of the system, the world around you. You know, up until I started on the Camino, I was like, I always felt like this outsider. The like grandmothers would peer out of their little village windows and stare at me, like, what is this little bearded fellow doing over here, walking around <laughs> and stuff? But once you get to the Camino, it's like, oh, that's just a person walking the Camino and everyone knows that and you're part of this great accepted community and I think that was a really interesting feeling to have um oh sorry was that a I was just about to get attacked by a dog the size of a football it was going to make a very tragic mistake yeah so that was a cool <laughs> takeaway for me from the Camino is like how in place I felt again being among a community of hikers and you know it's not that I don't love hiking alone but man that community feels the best Anyway, I'm going to head south through Portugal, hopefully. If I can just uh, keep going, I might be making almost to the end by the next report. So, hope everyone's doing well. Disco, hope you didn't get too tan on the AZT. Don't get sunburned. Put on the, the sunscreen, SPF 50 at least. 
and I uh, hope everyone's fully recovered from the six hour show last month. <laughs> I got a lot of miles in on that show. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, that's awesome. And I hid under my silver umbrella so much on the AZT that there wasn't really much chance for sunburn. But thank you, Out of Order, for your concern. I appreciate it. That man is hes on the move, and he's closing in on yep. the finish of his hike. Sure he is. He's been showing off. How many updates? have we, I mean, he's been on trail for, what, six months at this point? I don't I think th- so. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. It's incredible. I do hope we can get him in studio after yeah. he gets back to the States. And, yeah, absolutely. And just do a whole Out of Order show. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Maybe we can do uh maybe we can have him do Trail of the Month, but then when when we've got him we'll do a bonus show where we can just like go nuts and ask him everything. You know? And we have to do them back to back so that Delo is good and, yeah. and out of control yeah. for that bonus. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a given. I mean he's gonna be out of control, you know. There's no question. Um do, Yeah, I mean if you follow if you follow out of order on Instagram, uh he's he definitely posts pretty regularly and his blog and stuff is pretty entertaining so yeah and well done well so done check it out have we taken any Bien trips hecho. any trips oh. this past month or two yeah i guess it's been a couple of months since we actually sat down to really record hey yeah yeah i mean yeah we did this the one that was so long we had to make it into two that's so. right i did the uh golden gauntlet a couple weeks ago oh that's right talk to us a couple weeks ago i don't know anyway. that was pretty recently Is it last week no. It was like two or three weeks. Okay. Three weeks anyway, so like the that. Golden Gauntlet is this route that, uh, or it's not a route, but whatever. It's a string stringing together of trails that Twinkie came up with. Yeah, former trail show guest. That's right. And it, it links together four mountains around Golden. So it's Mount Galbraith, Lookout Mountain, South Table, and North Table. And the cool thing about this route is that you start with an out and back from the 7-Eleven. So you get your coffee. Your you chicken, your fried chicken. Breath, you come back down, you use the bathroom, you get a donut, you know, a soda. Then you go up lookout and then you come down, you cross over via Vitamin Cottage where we had a long lunch break. Yeah. Then you go up South Table and then we came back down and went to some brewery and then went up North Table and then went um, to uh, Cannonball Creek, which is where we started. Actually. So what you're saying is there's plenty of bailout options. Yes, and we did have a couple folks <laughs> bail, but um, it was nice. We started at like 6 a.m. It was really beautiful sunrise, and there were 14 of us that started, 12 of us finished. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's odds. actually really good. And it was really like, fun. It was a, yeah. What's the mileage elevation? It was about 25 miles, I think. Um, my phone died. I was trying to measure it, but um, yeah, that's it was big. about 25 and you know, shy of 5,000 feet of elevation gain. That's a um, big day. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it really wasn't, um, you know, I feel like that's a pretty average day for through hiking. It ain't no boulder super no, slam. But when you include, like, the 7-Eleven stop and the uh, vitamin cottage and the it's brewery. It's kind of a certain luxury. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was kind of nice. So it was fun. It was a good time. It was um, Twinkle and Lint and Magpie and Apache. Me Maggie Hap, was out there. Myself. And Magpie brought... Fried chicken and coffee, what? coffee oh. and chocolate for afters. Oh, oh man! Oh man! This is the traditional trail show meal. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So okay. and uh, it was. I mean, there were some other people too, but it was a really great time. So thank you, Twinkle, for making up that, uh, connecting all those things together and creating the golden gauntlet. It was a good time. Yeah, that's a heck of a day hike. Yeah, it was it, great. It looked pretty cool. I I it had was great. To, had to do that worky work thing that day, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was stuck in the dirty South that day, so I wasn't even in the same state. Yep. Did you, have you done any trips special? 
Uh, let's see. So you just I actually did a big, just did a big drive. Uh, yeah. So yeah, in in sort of the ramp up to uh, the leave no trace job, um, we're trying to like secure all of our possessions and things. Yeah. And uh, pre-flight, I I actually own. Um, I keep poison dart frogs as pets. And you, he does. He's not. Um, this, true. Yeah, this isn't. It's not actually a joke. A joke. Uh, I do keep. <laughs> I do keep three different species of poison dart frog. Yeah. Uh, and they're cute as hell. They're like little yellow and black and blue and black. And like, you know, they hop around and they eat little fruit flies. And uh, I built these really cool terrariums for them with like natural plants and uh, and, and whatnot. They're like their ho- whole little forest, rainforest ecosystem. Uh, but anyway, I had to drive those out to Washington State um, because they're going to stay with my mom for the next year. Uh, so yeah, I had to go get those those little fellers set up. And then get my get my tail back here, so we can tape this here trail. Yeah, thing. that's right. So uh, got yeah, a present to win. Did, did that? Uh, I did, unfortunately didn't really get to do anything along the way because I really just had to kind of drive straight through. Uh, I did try to see about doing some uh, some like hot springs or something, but it just didn't really yeah. didn't really work out. So yeah, I did did that. Um, let's see, we did the. Was the ruck in between our last taping and this? It one? was. Oh yeah, the, the yeah. Rockies ruck. In yeah, Gold. So that it was, was a huge success. It was a lot of fun. There was a great turnout. Um, I got there actually on time. Yeah, uh, which you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I usually run about five minutes late, so on time was pretty good for me. And and uh, there were already like a ton of people there. Yeah, so it was good. It was what and was the turnout, P.O.D.? Like 130 or something. That's huge. Yeah, and well, Special did the safe water crossing, so he taught several people to do safe water crossings, and he also yeah, did yeah, some pack shakedowns. Cool. Oh, cool. So that was really awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. There, and you know what was nice was to see that there were not just... It was great to see like the, the familiar faces and, and like some really cool hikers and stuff that you don't get to see that often. But there were also a lot of people that were just interested and wanted to get mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. And that's really what the rucks were, are, are supposed yeah. to be about. So it, yeah. was, it was really great to see those people and to see that they were like being able to ask questions of people and hear cool stories and like really get an idea of like uh, a little intro. So yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. I, I had a great time. Nice. Well, I've already talked to you guys about the trip I took. Yep. So, why don't we move on? Oh, to what? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot to talk about the Denver brew through. Oh, oh that's right. Now, oh. now, you took part in that uh, a little bit. I I uh, was we, uh, working my little temporary part time job, so I couldn't go to okay. all of it. But I went out for a couple of days. Amanda went out for a couple of days. Uh, and so we are like, going to feature it as trail of the month on an upcoming show. So don't. Yeah, I won't give out any spoilers, much. but I did. I did join up for a, a few days, uh, and did go out and uh, cheer her on at the final brewery as Snorkel. she crossed oh, the cool. finish line. Um, actually, we made a, a a finish line for her. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, oh, that's cool. Well, we'll save that for for later. But is there I, a video of that? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they probably. Well, she did is, get interviewed but, uh, by Nine News, so we're yeah, gonna have I to mean, find like, audio from that. Yeah, there are a couple of couple of bits from that. Uh, he came in and and joined her, met up with her like I think almost every day for at least a little bit. Okay, um, and did a, you know a couple of different spots on her so. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, she did, you know, the hiking's the easy part. Yeah, the it's the drinking. It's, it's the it drinking. really is, and it's uh, tough. 
And I, I got to hand it to her. Like I, the days that I joined her, like I joined her uh, uh, on the second or third brewery of the day or whatever. And, uh, and like I... I don't think I would have been able to drink all the beer she had to drink. If <laughs> I, I don't think I could have done like, the, whole, the whole brew through. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Or, or if I did, I'd have to take longer or something because, yeah, man, she's, she was able to just like just go for it. She's like so. a frat kid. And we'll, we are going to dive into that hike. So just briefly, she spent, what, roughly a week? I believe it was eight days. Eight days, and she hit... Over eighty breweries in Denver. It was yeah, it was all of them, and then all of them like in actual Denver. Plus, I think a couple of bonus ones that yeah. were like right on the fringe there. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. She had uh, the what is it, the Colorado beer nerd guy who has been to like all the, the breweries in Colorado. He came out and joined her for, oh, cool. for some stuff. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and uh, just oh, just kind of an interesting. Interesting yeah. way to check out a city, you know? Yeah, totally. Check out every brewery in that city. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it, but she basically took our, you know, our trail show brew hikes and added some steroids and then multiplied it by a factor yeah. of whatever. Many days. Well, you know, she's yeah. got some ideas for upcoming uh, Ooh, future brew throughs yep, in other, other locations. I didn't know about this. So, hey, okay. since we're talking about beer, I think we should check in with our juice. I agree. Who sent oh, us seriously. some juice. Now, you guys have been raving about that sour. Can you, uh, I think it's this one, the yes, iridescent. Yeah, it is the, the Can you talk iridescent barrel-aged fruited sour ale. So I think I'm like the resident person that if if sours are going to be enjoyed, we'll like them the most. And I got to tell you, this is pretty delicious. Mm. Yeah. Have you? Did you? Try I haven't it tried it yet. I'm, I'm take, take a little. Take a little. Uh, There's not uh, in the bottle, but you can have a sip flavor. from okay. my cup if you want. Yeah. No, I heard it's kind of like lemon heads on steroids. Uh, no, lemon warheads. That's what that. I'm. Ri- oh, I drank all of mine. Dang mm-hmm. it. I can definitely taste the oak barrel that it was aged in. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a it, lot of the pucker factor stuff. isn't actually too bad. No, I didn't think so. It, it's, it's good. It's there. I mean, it, it's definitely a sour, but like, man, it was pretty pretty tasty. And yeah. it's got like some, uh, like the finish has got like a little bit of uh, change up going on. Like it fades out into something I think a little bit more interesting than just like tartness. So yeah, I'm I'm into it. So actually, pretty much all of our beers tonight are. Are from Upland. Upland Brewing out of Bloomington, Indiana, and I just consumed the most of a bottle of the Dragonfly IPA, six point seven ABV, sixty five IBUs. There's a little bit left if you, oh, yeah, you well, guys want to try. Yeah, and I mean, I mean there might be like, you know, barely a shot left, but please have it all. We also tried the Pale Ale, which oh, that's right, we did. Yep, yeah, that was quite smooth. Ale. That was br- that was. Pretty drinkable, man. It just I agree. Was like super easy. Let's break open that bottle from New Zealand. Okay, we'll do that next. Okay. okay it, yeah. It's a uh, matter of fact. While I'm talking about that bottle of beer from New Zealand, it is the King Tide Pacific IPA from Bach Brewing, care of Craig and Dennis Stanton. And I should tell you, Bach Brewing. What does that mean? Well, Bach is a kind of beer, but that's not what it means in New Zealand. Uh, in New Zealand, a Bach is or is it a batch POD? Do they say batch or Bach? Oh, they're going to kill me for screwing this up. I can't remember. But it, it, it basically means like a holiday home, holiday cottage. Uh, oh, it's a batch. It's bachelor. a batch. Sorry. It's spelled oh, B-A-C-H, but like it's pronounced bachelor. batch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, this bottle of beer traveled all the way across the ocean and then some. 
and we're getting ready to crack it right now. We'll give you a full report. This uh, this dragonfly is pretty good, actually. Yeah, so, I, yeah it's I not mean, too hoppy. It's l- not. Listeners will know that I'm not like super big on the IPAs. I I always give them a shot, and sometimes I'm into them, sometimes I'm not. Uh, but the dragonfly IPA is pretty uh pretty nice. I'm kind of into this. Right on. The the art on this dragonfly IPA was kind of cool. It's like an actual dragonfly, but it's got like the X'd out eyes. And it kind of looks like it's flipping the bird. Flipping the bird. And, and it's, uh, it says just the right amount of bite. Okay. And I, I think it's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uber hoppy, but it's quite delicious. I, I will make one critique about this beer. Go for it. So dragonflies, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they have this one little special like cell of their wings. Um, it's, it's like on the leading edge or whatever, and it's always like bigger and like weirdly colored typically, uh, but it's, it's actually like denser and, and it's used for aerodynamic flight or something like that. And it's not depicted in this piece of art, and I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed, guys. Maybe they should have brought you in as a special insect consultant for their beer artwork. No, actually, it's a, it's a pretty cool label. I'm just giving them a hard time. It's time for trail tip, people. And oh. actually, I'm going to relay this trail tip, but I got it from Serena Dufault. She lives in the southern Arizona area, and I had a lot of hesitation about carrying an inflatable pad on the Arizona Trail because of the sheer amount of thorns that exist in southern Arizona, and I actually asked her about it. Um, I don't sleep well on foam pads anymore. My preference is an inflatable, but again, lots of hesitation about carrying an inflatable, and I said, you know, Serena, what do you think? And she was like, look, every night when you get to camp, pick the exact spot that you are going to lay down on, put your ground sheet on it, and then go over every inch of ground sheet with your hands. And she said, if you come across any thorns... Get rid of them. Continue. And so that's what I did. Every night I got to camp. I found where I was going to sleep. I laid my ground sheet down. And I literally went over every single inch of ground sheet with my hands. And that way, if there were thorns there, I'd find them. If not, I knew I was good. And I successfully carried an inflatable uh, sleeping pad the entire 600 miles of the AZT that I did and did not get a single puncture did, as did a result. Did you actually end up removing many uh, many thorns from underneath your sleeping pad, like, no area? No. No. Uh, so, I, you, I mean, so, you generally, so generally you'd lay down, like, your Tyvek or whatever, and then you'd, you'd, you'd find that you weren't really having to remove any? Yeah. I, I mean, yes and no. I'd say, like, one out of every three nights. I, I would find some thorns, and I'd have to, like, kick them. Aside, yeah. sometimes it'd be like a clump of some plant that was, yeah. you know. When when I was with you that week, be from pine to flagstaff, yeah, it was the um, the pine cones have oh these pointy yeah oh, the tips it, of the pine oh cones my have God. S- small spines, and we had to be that we did every night. We yeah. had to remove a lot of yeah. little uh, actually. I scales. think I think I removed more pine cone scales due to their po- thorns and points yeah. than I did actual cactus thorns yeah yeah but but her method worked i mean just go over every inch super thoroughly a little bit of a princess in the pea but instead it's the prince in the prick (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you referring to Disco and I? Oh man, no. I mean, he would be the prince I'm in the this princess? scenario, and then the prick would be would stand in for the nah, pee. No. I was just kidding. You're not, it's not about you. Special. <laughs> turn the red dot near your mouth. Yeah. There we go. We're losing. Should you there we? Uh, oh, there we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Should we share um, Justin's? <laughs> I, uh, I thought I was getting quiet. Yeah, you. <laughs> Juices trail tip as well? Yeah, please. Okay, so uh, Justin the Juice Cheney, who, by the way, is a cousin-in-law of the former vice president. That's why they have the same last name, because he's oh, a no cousin-in-law. Okay. Um, so he shared this little trail tip. He said, I've got another trail tip. Wear your old underwear and base layers that are riddled with holes. It's the next step for everyone that's already cut the handle off the toothbrush. <laughs> it's ultra light, ultra light <laughs> clothing. Okay, I like it. Wait, didn't we didn't we talk about this one before? Because I've 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 just advocated going even further and just ditching underwear entirely. Well, and and Apache and Mehab, they like to say, "Why stop with your year? Why not get a rib removed?" Yeah. A rib? Huh? <laughs> oh, we're talking about ultra light. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely next level. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, this batch brewing King Thai Pacific IPA is delicious. Uh, this brewery is in Auckland, by the way. So next oh. time you're in Auckland. You can go to Batch Brewing there at 186 James Fletcher Drive, and this thing is hoppy. If you're a hophead, you're going to dig it. And I want to add, I know we're going on and on here. It's kind of freeform, but um, I was over opening the beer when you were talking about it originally. I just want to say the Stantons, Heaps and his dad, Dennis, they uh, did so much for us when we were in New Zealand. And, you know... I think I, I wasn't able to get, and, and Lori Stanton too, the, the other brother. I don't think I personally was able to express my gratitude because I was uh, so traumatized <laughs> by the TA, you know, that that was kind of overshadowing my experience, but. Uh, uh, you didn't like it? Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah. You must not have heard those shows. Um, I, I don't listen to the trail okay, show. Good. Okay, good. Don't ever listen to the TA episodes because they will bring you down. <laughs> um, but I will say that, that Dennis and, and his family, including his wife, and um, Heaps and his wife and his kids and Lori, I mean, the whole Stanton crew, they moved mountains for us. They gave us rides all over the place. They fed us. They gave us bedding mattresses you know beer beer food i mean they were so amazing and so i I don't think that we've ever properly thanked the stantons for i just want to know why they didn't give us any of this king tide pacific yeah what's up i mean what's up maybe it was a special release you know okay anyway okay so i want to give a shout out benefit of the doubt dude yeah i want to give a shout out to the stantons the the whole clan the tribe of stantons because there's a lot of them and a shout out to juice for not only shipping us some beer from indiana but also giving us a trail tip yes big ups juice juice mucho mahalos All right, we've got to go to break. Yeah. Our last one of breaker, the evening. Breaker, breaker, one, two, one, two. We've got to break, break. When we come back, we've got a lot of segments left, as we seem to, to do yep. on our fourth segment. But uh, stay tuned. Joe, she'll be right back. Raise a glass. The trail show is back. 
Trail Show's back. And we've got iTunes Top 5, ladies and gentlemen. Sweet. You've been dying for it. You missed it. We're bringing it back. Oh, it's back, baby. It's back, and it's better than ever. It's going to be great. Okay. And we're actually going to do three quick reviews from iTunes and then two from Stitcher. Oh, okay. We're oh, switching okay. it up. We're going to give Stitcher some love. Okay. okay. So we're going to have to rename the segment, man. It's no, going to no, have no. to be... Well, that's a good point. It, I don't it's, maybe we'll just have to call it like... Uh, the the I, I Stitcher. I Stitcher Top 5. Top, how about just Top 5? Yeah, how about just Top the 5? Like it. Cut it on down. It's the Tune Stitcher. Okay. Switching up them tunes, man. Man, it's a small fun. Okay, uh, we've got... <laughs> Brian Marquis says, San Angelo Bars Rule, five stars. I first clicked on the trail show hoping to hear the latest news in Cuban fiber tea strainers and titanium toothpicks. I was admittedly disappointed to find an apparent lack of gear talk, but decided to give the show a chance. Within a few episodes, I found myself curled up next to a cozy denim fire with a, <laughs> <laughs> with a six Really the best kind. Six pack of beer and a bowl of pasta as big as your head. Daydreaming of the landscaping projects that I will be undertaking this spring. While I'm not a long distance through hiker, I would consider myself an avid meadow bagger, and all of, <laughs> all of my paper maps are well marked with primo map locations. This show is great and has something for everyone. Get on the trail. And Ryan Marquis has been a donor as well. Yeah, big ups, FYI. Brian. Thank you for the great review. Okay, we got Frankie, 1978. He says, Por tu, tu tatis? T-O-U-T-A-T-I-S, P-O-D? Is that Spanish no. or French? Okay, they are better than cats. Beware of the trail show. Once the trail fever kicks in, it is likely to lead you astray into all sorts of foolish endeavors that will surely alienate your significant other, severely impact your work performance, send you into relapse to the dismay of your sponsor, <laughs> and make your daydream make you daydream constantly about throwing caution to the wind to live a life full of adventure walking on narrow trails sleeping on hard dirt floors drinking dehydrated beers and pooping in all sorts of unpleasant conditions <laughs> oh no man you got to find good conditions to poop yeah. in the trail show is the best trail replacement fix a desk bound hiker can find no word of a lie keep up the great work guys ps P. Mags and D'Lo are surely missed, so please bring them in whenever possible. P. 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 S. On second thought, D'Lo could be easily replaced with Swami, Squatch, Scooby, or any other human being whose name starts with the letter S. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> <Snorkel>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. M. Dart says, five stars. Great for an aspiring thru-hiker. I listened to the entire catalog while working 14-hour days on a, pra oh. on a prairie dog research project in Valles Caldera National Preserve, oh. which is That's near Los not Alamos, a bad office, New Mexico, man. Uh, which was mentioned in one of the episodes. It was very entertaining and made my days fly by. Highly recommended. Excellent. Thank you, M-Dart. Now, a great name, M-Dart. on to our Stitcher reviews. We've got uh, Sweet and Sour says five stars, an analytical summation of the trail show. 80% gut-busting hiker humor and hilarious callbacks. 15% thoughtful and meaningful discussion of exotic alcoholic beverages. 4% <laughs> information pertaining to long-distance hiking news. And 4%? That's, that's kind of high. 0.9% squatch. 
<laughs> and 0.1% gasp gear talk. <sighs> Good. All right. And last but not least, Outdoor Father says five stars when all you need is a trail fix when stuck inside. It was a slow start, but the trail show is really great sitting around the stove kind of a show. It saves me some long days in the office, gives me hopes of great trails, and a push to get on the trail. Hey, that's that's what we're doing here. That's right. After catching up on all the past shows, in parentheses, he says, it's worth it for the jams and seeing the show developing. I now must wait a whole month for another one. I guess I'll just go and listen to my favorites again. If you are a long-distance walker, thru-hiker, or a nomad in spirit and practicality, you must listen to the trail to learn about more trails. I think he meant to say you must listen to the trail show to learn about more trails, how to improve your must-have beer repertoire, and catch up on relevant news, tips, and random gear. Uh, including tent stakes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is coming up. Oh, baby. Don't, don't go so anywhere. Much. There's so much. All right, we got a little mailbag, don't we, P.O.D.? We got so much. Oh, you guys have got to help man. me read these letters. I mean, this I'll, okay. I'll mailbag. You just let me know which one you want me to read. Let me cross this up. mailbag and If is you want, fact. I'll read it As in a accent. matter of fact, uh, what I should tell listeners is that the mailbag was originally sent to D.Lo, and D.Lo had it forwarded down to Salida, and when our letter carrier showed up with the mailbag, it, it actually hurt her back to the point that she's now workman's compensation. Ooh, um, we're so sorry. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts uh, and prayers. Thoughts. <laughs> All right. So this one is uh, from Johnny. It says, Dear Disco, P.O.D. Spesh, and Sar Dilo. Sar? Sar. You know. Sar, yeah. Sar. Because he's the media czar. Oh, yeah. Just sure. wanted you guys to know, after a prolonged visit with Amendment 64, nothing gets me stoked more than seeing a new trail show episode <laughs> appear in my podcast feed. It really came in clutch. Thanks for all the beers, trails, nonsense, and hard work that go into making your show happen. <laughs> Way better than cats. <laughs> there might be some Amendment 64 going on around here. You know, that's a pr- that's, did you get some new sound effects? I don't know what that was. Hey, Disco, why don't you read the next letter on that page? Disco, just listening to episode number 57 and awards given to Parent Brewing Company in Comstock Park, Michigan. Turns out Perrin Brewing is less than nine miles on foot from the North Country National Scenic Trail, where it's co-located with the White Pine Trail in Rockford, Michigan. I had no idea that Perrin Brewing was that close to the NCT, the North Country Trail. Um, Doug goes on to say, check out the interactive map at northcountrytrail.org. Shameless plug, as of the end of 2016, the North Country National Scenic Trail now exceeds 3,000 miles of off-road trail, routes versus trails. We still have 1,600 miles to get off-road. Get off the road. That's right. More by the time, or I'm sorry, more by the time all the straight line roadwalks get converted to sustainable winding trail. We're still working to get legislation passed to connect the NCT to the AT in Vermont and get the 400-plus-mile reroute approved for the arrowed section of northeast Minnesota. Has already been reintroduced to Congress in 2017. Good luck. Yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough pull with this Congress. Just um, tell them that it's, it's guns or something. It, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Recently listened to Show 56 as well. Your Virginia Tech buddy, Marcus Selig, of National Forest Foundation, was a guest. He's the one who first told me about the trail show. Wow. That's pretty that. cool. Um, that was back when Marcus used to work for the Grand Canyon Trust. Anyway, 
Take care. Doug Thomas, Treasurer of North Country Trail Association. So thanks, Doug, for the update on the NCT and for letting us know and all our listeners know that it's only nine miles from Perrin Brewing. I know. By the way, Frito Rolltag Garcia just went up to Perrin. We, need, we might need to give him a call to, at some point to, to get to get a little man on the street about yeah. his experience. Yeah. There. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll see if we can yeah. work something out. We'll have our people talk to his people. That's right. Maybe uh, maybe if we're up in the area, we'll drop by and say hello. Oh, so you have to, man. I'll be up there. Uh, do you want to read this uh, this next letter about Gina? What? Oh, yeah. So uh, this guy wrote in, he wrote in before saying how GPS was illegal in China. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, well, I'll just read the letter. Uh, let's see. Hi, I'm the hiker and listener who lives in China and wants to use China. a G- China and wants to use a GPS. Thanks for reading my letter last month. Uh, cell phone GPS works here and everyone uses it, but the government is sensitive about foreigners using it and making GPS records of the country. Quote, China's sensitivities are so strong that, as Mara uh, Unpronounceable <laughs> Doll uh, writes in a recent article in Science, it is effectively illegal for a foreigner to operate a GPS device in China. An emphasis on effectively, uh, an emphasis on effectively the rule is practically unenforceable, and most foreigners go about their days in China using GPS on their phones like everyone else does. Uh, A representative clarified that the cell phone feature would work, but urged visitors to the country to turn off GPS on their devices or face arrests or fines. Uh, He goes on to say, basically, if you're a foreigner, you're officially encouraged to turn it off so everyone else can legally use their device and we can use ours as long as no one finds out. Anyway, this is just an explainer for you all. No need to read this on the show. Too late. Since I don't want to attract attention and part <laughs> with my chi- with my Christmas gift GPS that I may or may not have. Ah. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Oh, That's sorry. Crazy. We probably should have screened that first. So, yeah. Anyway, he's basically just saying, uh, uh, maybe it's a she. We don't know. We don't know. You don't know. I think we it's don't a know. he. Uh, I well, remember let's correctly. just presume. We'll, we'll pr- make some presumptions. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, uh, apparently <laughs> they're like, please don't. If we catch you, that's weird. You know, yeah. how, you know how we are. Please don't make us. Uh, but we totally know you can, so don't. Yeah. Yeah. It so. sounds like kind of a gray area. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a letter from Deanna from San Diego. Dear Trail Show, how's the beer? Thanks for featuring the trail formerly known as the San Diego Sea to Sea Trail last month on the Trail Show. I live in San Diego and loved hearing about this new local trail slash route. Please have POD teach everyone how to properly pronounce El Cajon Mountain and Peñasquitos Canyon, great places to hike slash run. Also, I would not recommend swimming naked at Torrey Pine State Beach due to all the families and park rangers present. The good news is that if you hike south down the beach about a mile, there's an actual nude beach called Black Beach. You can be free to frolic, frolic without clothes at this beach and can even play nude volleyball with old naked guys. Oh, man, that sounds just interesting. Any non-sexual nudity is an A-plus in my book. That's what I say. Wow. On another topic, I've been listening to all the back episodes of the trail show backwards, starting with the most current and working backwards towards one. This, ironically, this is how I look at magazines myself. Yeah, I, I, I don't do know why. Same. I always look at them backwards. Yeah. 
And it's an interesting experience. I guess that's not ironic at all. I don't know why I said that. It's a funny thing having no idea what all the jokes mean and then finally hearing their origins 10 or 15 episodes back. There are still some mysteries I've yet to figure out, such as who is the onion? Why does he want ice? (laughs) And is Bobby Walters a famous rich dude who funds the trail show or some normal hiker trash? That's funny. Bobby Walters is a she, actually. Yeah. And it's funny that the, the idea that we have funders. I know. <laughs> we have, Corporate we have some, sellouts, we have, man. We have some very kind yeah. donate, donators. But. Yeah. Exactly. My most recent success story was finally hearing the origin of the burning jeans with a blowtorch joke. And I couldn't believe it took so many episodes to figure it out. Anyway, thanks for a great podcast and for all the trail inspiration. Sincerely, Deanna from San Diego. And I just want to point out that Bobby Walters was one of our earliest trail show donors. I think the the number the one, the first. Yeah. That's right. So that's who the Bobby Walters yeah. is. You're going to have to... Now, if you want to figure out who the onion is, you're going to have to go way back to... Who knows? You'll yeah. figure it out eventually. Yeah, just go way back. You'll figure it out. Okay, yeah. what else do we have for... Um, we also have... Uh, that's it for Mailbag, right? No, 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 We no, had no, another no. one for some, some reason. What? Hold on, let's get a flip through all our oh, papers. Oh, we did have that one that was like the bad baloney that, I've I, got that my, I read during trail news. My Migra papers here. I've got my show papers. Now, oh, didn't we have a letter from Buck 30? Oh, you yeah. You want to read that? That's what well, it I don't was. know. It, is right that here. for now or is sure. that for some other time? Why not? It's not a question. It's a mailbag. It's some bad baloney. Okay. I mean, what else would you expect from Buck 30? Should I read it or you want to read it? I don't know where we are. Okay. So First we? off, <laughs> it's nice to see D'Lo finally resign in order to spend more time with his family, which we all know is politics speak for entering rehab or being caught touching himself in public. Whoa. Now, that's, that's some heavy accusations. Knowing, uh, yeah. knowing D'Lo, I'm guessing it was both. Hmm. This is from Buck 30, by the way. In- interesting conjecture. Yeah. Sounds like a little projection, if you ask me. I also want to thank you for pointing out my trail work deficiencies on several past episodes. In this world, there are those of us who are meant to hike all year and those of us who are meant to work year-round. Blow a lot of bullshit into a microphone and do trail work. (laughs) I'd like to give you advance notice of the trails I'll be hiking this year and where you should focus your trail maintenance efforts. Shortly, I'll be leaving for a thru-hike of the Hot Springs Trails. Seems there are several sections that could really use some trail maintenance, and I'll have the first two through hikers, Zoner and Bernie, send you a detailed list. It actually says detail list, typo buck thirty, of where you need to get to get to stat. I haven't decided yet where I'll be hiking in the fall, but rest assured, you'll be the first to know so you can get to work. And don't be bringing a bunch of beer along and doing a half-assed effort like in the past. Buck thirty. That's a fantastic piece of hate mail. It is. That's pretty great. Yeah. You know, it's true. There are people that are meant to hike all year and solely focus on, on themselves all year, every year. And, you know, when you don't have any friends, that's an easy thing to do. Because, I mean, Buck 30 has Facebook friends, but, I mean, does that really count for anything? We need to put Buck 30 in touch with Greg from Adventure Scientist and get him out I'm, doing some real work. Glad, making I, I am I, glad I, that I, you brought that up because that's exactly what I was thinking about when we were talking to Greg. I thought, now here's a guy who is hiking and also making a difference, you know, instead of just selfishly focusing on himself, drinking <laughs> Diet Coke, oh, you know, Diana. pooping out Diet Coke poops that'll never disintegrate. You know, to, and now come on. Does Buck Thirty really drink Diet Coke? Oh, oh my God! 
the, the like drink, I mean, drink is actually an understatement. Be honest here. Yes, the man has an addiction. Yeah. Okay, then quick aside. And, and he, he theory, will I'm own talk, it. I'm talking He'll to you, man. Re- yeah, real, he will. Real talk, man. But gotta, I think got to get off that aspartame, dude. But I, I do it. think it's telling that you know. I think it tells us a lot about Buck Thirty's personality that he's proud of the fact that he doesn't contribute oh, to the trail getting, community. So man, this is get, it's getting warm in here. Yeah, yeah well, I you, know, know, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Almost. Oh my god. Oof. We, I think we might need to move on to this next piece of hate mail from Ooh. Joey Not Brosif. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our good friend Joey Not Brosif wrote in, I'm not sure if D'Lo brought back some fake Ask a Hiker question from the swamp or was way more off the rails than normal, but I never submitted a question about finding information for international hiking as stated in Part B of Episode 57. Although I've done a bunch of hiking abroad, including extensive and enjoyable time in New Zealand. What? Although I stayed away from the TA. Ah. Is this just more insidious work by the trail show to ruin my reputation? Suggesting that I don't know how to use the Googles to search the (laughs) internet. It's it's called Google. For maps Uh. of foreign lands. I believe it is. Apparently the reasonable cease and desist letters from my crackhead lawyers were not enough. I mean, they were in Cran, dude. Yeah, we don't really accept that as legit. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know. He goes on to say, I'm going to take to the trails and protest your abuse of power. We will not be silenced and we'll have our voices heard. There will not be peace on any trail till power is returned to the people. The stardom and vast financial gains wrought to you by the trail show has gone to your heads. It's time to rise up against the aggressors and take back our freedom. Viva la revolution! Joey, not Brozif, Richie, live from the Grand Enchantment Trail. Oh, oh, he's out there on a little... Uh, yep, the get. And, and we do know for a fact that our good friend, not a chance... Ran into him. Ran into him. So he is a real person. He is. But I think that was a real question. I think he's trying to cover his tracks. So, we, unfortunately, D-Lo's not here yeah, for I us mean, to ask, was that... A real question from Joey Not Brozif, or was that something D'Lo made up? So I think we just have to assume that it it, it was right. actually a, a question from Joey Not Brozif, I mean, I, and he's trying to cover his tracks for some reason. I I don't know. And he's trying to show throw some shade at D'Lo. How dare he? Could, yeah, how dare like you, sir? Ca- casting aspirations and all that, or something. <laughs> aspersions, <laughs> maybe. Aspersions, yeah, aspersions aspirations. I got it. Can I read another one? I got Hey, one. if we've got more, let's do it. Uh, Dear Trail Show, just dropping a line to you folks. It's been a long time coming. I think I tuned in after hearing a shout out from the All Who Wander podcast maybe five years ago, which that's about when we started. Oh, you were on episode two. Ooh, yikes. Okay. Glad you stayed with us there. (laughs) After getting back from the JMT in 2013, I jumped on the Pacific Mail Trail and became a letter carrier, eventually working up the ladder and now he's on the route that he lives on, so he gets to have lunch at home during his lunch break. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah. And deliver his own mail. Yeah. yeah. I did at one point think of doing an anonymous book called The Pacific Mail Trail, a candid insider's look, so it would have to be anonymous. Now I walk 10 miles, five days a week, catching about three hours of podcast a day. It's grueling wow. work that can't be done without embracing the brutality, often comparable at day's end of how one feels when you set your pack down once arriving at camp. Get this, after delivering mail for a year, it must have been October 2014, the day I was listening to the trail show and Squatch described his inguinal hernia. Yeah. Was the day I figured out that's what was 
recently bothering me. That's right. I figured out I had an inguinal hernia because of the trail show. That's pretty crazy. Squatch described it. After work, I jumped in the shower and I was like, holy there's my little bubble, just like Squatch was describing a few hours ago. One short trip I've never heard mentioned is the Enchantments of Leavenworth, Washington. It was after a trip through the Enchantments that the JMT started calling, but honestly, nothing, even the High Sierras, surpassed what I saw there. The trail show is going strong. So glad, so glad. We all need you out here. So much more to do, to mention and take note of. It's not over yet. Maybe we'll cross paths. Either way, just know you're never alone in that Bobby Walters studio. Keep it strong. Never look back. And Buck 30's a jerk. (laughs) K-Mac. Wow, that's crazy. So he figured out he had a hernia. Wait. (laughs) Yes? Wait, wait. Go ahead. He he didn't say Buck Thirties a joke. Yeah, that part got cut off the page. But oh yeah, what yeah what what happened there? I don't know. So this man figured out he had a hernia based on a past <laughs> show episode he listened to. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So man, we're which, we're changing the world. You know out there, that? Man. I mean, maybe we just need to have Squatch do like a uh, a regular <laughs> a medical, medical segment. segments. So if you have any Get questions, we to, can, we if you have any questions about like trail health or or, or it could like be just be like weird. Body stuff. Getting old uh, with Squatch. Any kind. Yeah, go ahead and just email uh, Squatch. Uh, you can find his his uh, email at uh, uh, squatchfilms.com. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, are we done with mailbag? Yeah, we have a couple of Ask a Hiker questions. Yeah, but it's not time for Ask no, a Hiker. No, I'm just saying. It's time for donors. Just giving oh, you an update. Let me check this off. Mm-hmm. And I Did will say, real quickly, before we give thanks and praise to all our trail show donors, um, you know, every month we read off this list of names of people that donate to the show, and honestly, their donations keep the show going. We go through microphones like hotcakes. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, and usually we have to pay to rent a space. Yeah, we usually pay 40 bucks a show just to be able to record the show in a space that's suitable to record the show in. And so there is, believe it or not, there is a, a bit of cost to run in the yeah. trail show. So. We've got a donate button on our webpage. And, and also, Disco holds out on all of that sellout money that we were getting. I know. That's right. I didn't. All that Sam Adams money. I f- yeah. Yeah, dude. If you go to the trailshow.com, there's a donate button. Hit it. Even if you want to do like a one time donation of five bucks, we'd be more than happy oh. to. But oh. 10 bucks will get you stickers. 10 oh. bucks will get you two stickers. Or five if, bucks will Or not. if you want to do 3773, <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah, th- that's, that's right. a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, pick pick a prime number. Those are going to be the best to donate. True. Yeah. Absolutely. The larger the better. Yeah, 41 as it turns out is a prime number. Uh, yes, that's a good number is. for you, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. So anyway, POD who sent us so donations. So here here are every month donors who are providing everyone else in the world this content for free. So, Gumi Bear, who was just in Salida by the way, met up with him and is really a cool dude. Yes. Yeah. Like if you haven't if you haven't actually met him, uh, when you do, just shake his hand and and soak in the coolness that is yep. that guy. Gooby bear. And he gets out, man. I know. All yeah. the time. Crazy. We've got Russ Kinder. Kinder. Craig Gully. What hey, a guy. Chris Smith. Gringo Madness. He's so mad. We've got Bobby Walters. The. The Bobby Walters. Oh, oh, only one of them. That's right. Joshua Bowden. Bow down. <laughs> Joshua Bowdown. Uh, Diane Pinkerstein. Vermont. No. Is she from Vermont? Sure. No. She's from Washington. Else. Yeah. Yeah. David Vitti. Vitti. Hey, Bola Pasta. Hey. Big as your head. 
Justin Quality Knowles. So quality. quality. What a guy. Jason Lurch, not church. Not church. church. Dean. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Hey. Yep. Samuel Emery. Samuel A. Samuel Emery Board. Rudy from North Cascades Hiker Podcast. Hey, Rudy. North Cascades Hiker. Forget All right. Jeffrey Caldwell. Jeff. Jeffrey. How do you do? Buddy Sessoms. What's up, buddy? Buddy, and you and I had a good Twitter discussion the other day. Yeah, he and I have a little Twitter sometimes, and too. And Pat Axel Rose Dixon. Oh. Huge. He's huge. He plays good music. It's awesome wonderful. Awesome music. It's the best. Uh, we have some one-offs this month. We okay. have Ken McAfee. Ken McAfee. I feel like Ken's donated in the past. Well, Is and I may have had there? him on from the last month. Who knows? Does he work for an anti-virus company? <laughs> yes. He's the owner. Uh, we've got... Oh, that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Continue, please. Jonathan Merriweather from EndgameClothing.com. And by the way, Jonathan, I don't ever think we got a, an address for him, did we? John, send us your address. Come we'll on. send you some stickers. Beer at the Trail Show. Contact me. Get in touch with me. We need to get you some stickers. Jonathan Merriweather. And we've got Justin Juice Cheney, who sent Juice. us the beer. Yeah. We've got Dennis and Heaps Stanton, who sent us beer from... Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, what else? We also have Hector Cortez. He's doing some. Uh, this is this is hot off the press, but he's doing a little graphic design work for us for a future run of hats. We'll more on that next month. Uh -huh. Santa Cachuchina, Hector. Mil gracias por tu trabajo, como siempre. And is that everybody who's uh, yeah. who's? I think so. I think month? so. We'll send condolences if we didn't include everyone. Yeah. Just let me know. Preemptive condolences to I'm all of you. Yeah, I'm totally not a details bad. gal. Just ask Disco. He doesn't let me paint. Just ask D-Lo. Yeah. All right. So let's go right into Ask a Hiker. Okay. Beauty, you got a couple questions this month. I've Is that correct? I've got dos preguntas. Dos preguntas. That's two all questions. Right. Déjame encuentro. Aquí está. Now, I thought there was three, but... No, I think there's two. Okay, very good. Okay. Uh, from Buddy Sesums. We had some questions with him about Colorado Trail versus the JMT. So this is kind of a follow-up. Um, will the Colorado Trail be any better this year than the JMT relative to snow? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, given that the snow in the Sierra is yeah. so, so huge. Yeah. So basically, he has two options. He says, flip the order. Do the long trail in early July. That sounds terrible. Hot and black flies. Oh, my God. Followed by the JMT in late summer. Or combine the two vacations from option A, six weeks off and attempt the Colorado Trail starting in early July. I'd say Colorado Trail in early July. Yeah, that's yeah. that sounds good. That, that'd be you can mine. easily do that in six weeks. No problem. And then maybe the JMT afterwards. I mean, you If you have time. I yeah. think that's the issue is the time. Oh, I see. Yeah, he'd, he'd need a good chunk of time to do... 485 so, miles. So. But six weeks is plenty of time. Yeah, yeah I totally. Mean, uh, Squaw, Squaw Valley um, basically said like recently that they might actually stay open through the summer until oh my next God. winter. <laughs> to give you an idea. <laughs> Just not close? Yeah, all the way There's through. There's that much snow in California? There's that much snow in California. Whoa. So NASA said four times the amount of snow. The, the this this year's snowpack is is two uh, four times the amount of snow of the last four years, or is more than the last four years combined. Rather, sorry, I'm messing up the statistic. Mm -hmm. So this year's is, is more. Is it four than or sixty-four? Four, just the last four years combined. I'm not. I mean, you know, Amendment sixty-four. Good God, man. Okay, and guess what? 
Guess what? Emily from Ventura, California. I'm finally going to address hiking with a dog. Whoa. Oh, now, wait a minute. No we've, way. We've been pushing this question off for about eight months so now. So, it's... It, listen, uh, for the listeners, uh, th- we have, like, these little show sheets so that we're not completely disorganized. And this has literally been on the on the show sheet since, for like a year since I was uh, first on as just like a, 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 temp. a temporary stand-in host <laughs> when I was like still in the in the probationary period yeah, before yeah. he had facial hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, so wait a minute. What's the question? The question is, the question was, I haven't heard anyone talk about hiking with a dog. I've got a pop Mozart, a beagle who's probably like fourteen years old at this point. Who loves to hike and <laughs> snuggle in my sleeping bag. I've taken her on one to two night trips, but would love to take her on longer trips. Any tips on backpacking with a dog? Now, I will say that I did the entire Colorado trail with my dog, Gimpy. Um, and it is definitely, if you want to do longer trips, I don't know what she means by a longer trip, but there's definitely a lot more things to think about when you're hiking with the dog. Um, keeping your dog under control, and that means also making sure your dog doesn't run up to people because you never know. People have had bad experiences. They don't want your dog to run up to them. That can be really scary. Um, also, them chasing wildlife can get them very seriously injured. Um, they can lose claws. They can get porcupines. They could get a um, couple times we've had coyotes try to lure our dog in to their pack to eat them. Um, so there's that and uh, wildlife encounters. I will say on the flip side of that, I always lived under the impression, and maybe it was wrong, that I was actually much safer with a dog for both human predators and um, megafa- megafauna. Megafauna. Because predators are always looking for an easy target. So yeah. um, having a dog along makes, makes you less uh, viable. The other thing that I was most concerned about when I was hiking with Gimpy because I was hiking here in the Rockies was the weather issue every day. So if your dog gets wet in a rainstorm, then they're in your tent with you. What's going to happen? And that did happen a couple times. And I basically carried one extra small piece of... um, Tyvek. No, I carried the plastic, the really thin plastic. The painter's polycro? Polycro, yeah. Or painter's drop cloth, whatever. Um, and what I did was, when he was in the tent with me and he was wet, you're still going to get a damp bag because all that moisture in your tent. But what I did yeah. was, I laid that down on top of his little piece of sleeping pad. I had him lay down, and then I kind of wrapped it, just kind of draped it over his body. So the part of his body that was touching my bag, there was a little plastic barrier, a vapor barrier, if you will. I will. Yeah, why not? Between his wet fur and myself. You also have to think about them getting cold at night if they're wet, all those types of things. But... Uh, there's so much more information about hiking with a dog in Trauma's book, which is called Trail Tested. And Disco and I were just talking about this. Uh, Trauma's hiked, what, 11,000 miles with his dog? No, it's actually... So, so Trauma's hiked over 30,000 miles himself. He is, if I might have this wrong, but I think he's done over 17,000 of those miles with his dog. So Yoni. I think it's actually safe to say that he is the most accomplished hiker with a dog on the planet like but but, i mean and and the thing is though i mean like not all dogs are equal when it comes to the trail true and 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 you know just because you want your dog to come with you doesn't mean that your dog actually wants to go do that they might like to go for walks but they might well and she said that her dog likes snuggling in the sleeping bag and that's how gimpy was too i mean 
the dog might like going out and, and sleep. Some dogs, for some dogs, sleeping in a tent is awesome because it's kind of like that feral, like sleeping in the den thing that, that, yeah. that you know. Um, so I would just say it is important to recognize limitations. Um, probably all of us has hi- have hiked with someone who was dragging their dog down the trail and you're like, yeah, that's not cool. Your dog's not doing okay. Um, and depending on how long you want to be out there, thinking about all of those things. But I will say that his book, Trail Tested, he has a whole section about what he's done with his dog and safety and comfort and considerations, special considerations. So I would recommend getting a copy of that book. Yep. And it's Justin Lichter. Yes. Yeah, I mean, regular name. Yeah. L-I-C-H-T-E-R. You'll find it on Amazon or wherever it is you get trail books. Yep, it's called Trail Tested. So All right. that's it. Is that it for Ask a Hiker? That is it. We're coming in for the close. What? Is you it? know what time it is, Special oh, 41. Is it, is it yeah. the time when we end the show? No, 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 no. It's time for you to do a tent steak review, my friend. Oh, the oh, tent yes. steaks. My Lord, I almost forgot. How and, could you? And we have an extra special. I got them right above me here. I got them right above me. Now, before we get into so, this review, yeah, this is we, a, need to, we need to point something out here. Yeah, let's put some background on this review because this is a little different this, this month go around. than like typical. So our tent steak reviews have become so well known and famous that we've we were actually worldwide, approached really. worldwide, international. Uh, other than those few countries, That's yeah, right. there's worldwide. a couple. But we were actually approached by a tent steak company this yep. past month. No word of a lie to review their new tent steaks called the Ground Claw, yep. and they sent us some samples. We have the samples in hand, and special, I just want to congratulate you on doing such a good job with these reviews that people are seeking you out now to review their tent stakes. Companies are seeking you out. They want you to be a corporate sellout. Well, okay. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> it, they've got to send me more than $30, apparently. <laughs> uh, but somewhere somewhere, somewhere north of, uh, or at uh, some ultras, and I, I think I'm good. Okay. So... No, so they sent us all some tent steaks, and and I, I just want to read. They also sent me like this uh, double sided eight and a half by eleven like brochure uh, about their tent steaks, and, and the the deal with these things is is there is they've got like this curve to it, you know, just like a subtle curve. Yeah. Um, and it's then like they also a hot have dog. like they also have like a multiple attachment points on, on like, the head, the head. <laughs> and so like they. These, these oh, are definitely, you know, straight off the bat, I'll just say, not going to be for a thru-hiker, right? Like, these are not backpacking no. steaks. They weigh in around two ounces each. Yeah, they're huge, you know, uh, for for a backpacking kind of a purpose. But, and they and they say on, on this little brochure, I'm just going to read it this. It says, it says, multiple uses. It feels nice in the hand, we'll just say. Uh, it says, tents, tarps, canopies, plants bushes, trees, yard decorations, seasonal. I don't, I don't really know what that What's means. What's seasonal? I don't even know. I mean, like, what, your seasonal needs, man. Whatever you do in the seasons. Volleyball nets, badminton nets, parties. I mean, these, yeah. these, it's not a party until you got a steak, dude. Uh, swap meets, uh, concerts, wood piles, grills. Wait, port- wood piles? Yeah, what? wood piles. Uh, grills, portable restrooms, tailgating, umbrellas, tie-downs, and much more. 
uh, asterisk for intended use only. See, D'Lo needs these stakes yeah, for his does. landscaping project. Yeah, so he could probably like 100%. secure his walls with these, like with some sort of special reinforced tie downs, or yeah, or like trees. They put in some like fruit trees or other trees. Like he could use these to like secure those, you know. Or if you wanted to put up like one of those big sunshade canopy things, you no, know, like you could use these to secure that. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and and you know. They're they're about as as thick as as like my pinky finger or maybe the or next finger or my index finger yeah yeah and they're nine inches long yeah and and like they do have like a pretty it's like it's a curve and that's supposed to be like their deal right it's yes. supposed to like it's a grip. natural like somehow add, yeah like add some gription to the equation now did you mention sorry I wasn't paying attention did you mention the uh, color they're yellow they, they not they, just yellow. Not just I was gonna say they're not okay. just any old yellow. Uh, these are oh, where, where, where is it? It's right here. It's on the package, my friend. Oh, I, I was looking at the brochure. Uh, <laughs> where did it go? Right here. Right. It's in yellow. Oh, signature yellow. <laughs> That's right, folks. It's their signature yellow edition. All right. Which I'm pretty sure is the addition. So, I mean, we're giving them a hard time, but uh, thank you for these stakes. We are gonna actually go ahead and try them out um, on on some like car camping type of deals beaches you know, beaches uh if we ever need to like tie down a bear with bungee cords i think we're definitely going to be using this thing yeah. if i need to defend um, myself against buck 30 and, and that's we should right just, we should mention again it's called the ground claw you can get more info at forever endeavors that's forever endeavors let me tell you if you put this stake <laughs> hey that we could also use them for a Wolverine, Wolverine costume. costume. Yeah, yeah like three of them. Yeah, Whatever you stake down with this thing is not going anywhere. I'm just gonna say that. No, they yeah. look they look pretty beefy, honestly. Like, so all of those like silly uses that that they read there that they listed on there. I, I think what they're really talking about is like tie down purposes, right? Like wood piles. I think what they mean is like, you know, if sometimes you got to put your uh, your wood out. You know, if you like have a wood stove. And you got to make sure it's covered, so you put a tarp over it or whatever. And you don't need that thing flapping around in in the wind. So like these things look like they could stand up to a pretty big beat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are no joke. Those are like end, those are end time out. stakes right there. Yeah, you could actually definitely if it was the zombie apocalypse, you could definitely use these to murder zombies. And too, you definitely so. want these if you're a prepper. Yeah, if you're a pre- yeah yeah, these would actually be pretty good for preppers. I'm sure they would they would be pretty down with these. Uh, but yeah, you know, hikers, check them out. All right, there it is, the Ground Claw 10 Steak Special. Thanks again for another great 10 Steak review. Hey, man, it's it's my pleasure. Like I said, I mean, you know, if we're going to do these gear reviews, gotta we've, start we've got to do up. them right from the ground, from the ground up. ground And up. What's, what's more ground than 10 Steaks? That's right. So, you know, once we once we get past 10 Steaks, we'll move on to some other gear. Don't, don't you ground worry. Ground sheets. But there's just like there's a whole world of, of, of right. 10 Steaks that we need to explore first. If you want your 10 Steak reviewed on the trail show... Send an email to special41 <laughs> at thetrailshow.com. Oh, All right, folks, man. we're coming in for the close. Oh, there it is. It's the oh, part of the show where we mm. end the show. Mm. The ending. Mm. We want to thank everyone for Finale. tuning in today. A huge thanks to Ultra for making the best trail yes. shoes on the planet. They're for pretty rad, man. sponsoring today's show. P.O.D.? Yeah, so today's trail show was sponsored by Ultra. Ultra founders Golden Harper and Brian Beckstead endured the pain of traditional trail shoes while running and hiking in Utah's mountains. This experience led them to create Ultra's foot-shaped toe box and zero-drop platform. 
These unique features help prevent injuries by letting your toes spread out naturally while aligning your body to lessen the impact on your joints. Ultra's first trail shoe, the Lone Peak, quickly became a favorite of thru-hikers and trail runners thanks to its spacious toe box that remains comfortable even after hundreds of miles. Today, Ultra has six styles of trail shoes to cover all your hiking needs. Get a pair of trail shoes today at www.ultrarunning.com. And be sure to check them out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook using the handle at ultrarunning. Yep. A big thanks to Greg Trinish from Adventure Scientists for talking to us today about the important work they are doing. Yeah, Way that cool. was really, really cool. cool I mean, he's, a, he's a pretty awesome dude. And, man, that organization, talk about some, some and fun-sounding work, right? If you're going to get outside, man, give like check, check out what they're doing. See if you can get involved. AdventureScientists.org. A big thanks goes to Liz Snorkel Thomas, mm-hmm. the Trail Show fifth chair, for well, talking what? to us about her new book, Long Trails, Mastering the Art of the Thru-Hike. Look for it. Ask for it. Ask for it. Thanks and praise to all our monthly <laughs> PayPal donors. All of them. All of them. And, you know, everybody who donates and, and listens. You know, it's pretty cool just to see you download and then listen in. That's right. All right, folks, you can follow Wait, us. Wait, and always. thanks to Justin Juice Cheney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and the Stantons. For all that delicious yes. beer. Wonderful. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and, of course, on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter individually. You know where we are. Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense and an extra special five-year anniversary show. In the meantime, head on over to iTunes and download bonus show number seven. Until then, or I should say, until next month, for the Princes of Darkness, Special 41, and D'Lo in absentia, I'm Disco. Ciao. Ciao. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pump it Ground up. Claw. Oh, pump Ground claw. Ground claw. Pump it up. Natural curve. Natural curve. Oh, it's got a. It's got a great curve oh, to man. it though. Really it's look great. at it. It's, it's a signature like, curve. It's too. gentle, but you know, authoritative. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, just look at it. Like depending this. on which I mean, way you, uh, you, you put me? it. What? Look at that. I yeah, mean, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm curious to see. I think we did see. We got. You got one in your hand. Yeah, man. All right, that's the show. Bye. 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 Did you ever have to drink your own pee? I didn't. Clear out the riffraff. Yeah. 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 Alabama.